and good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. Good to be back. For the Orioles last night, 3-1 over the Angels. Could use a few more hits with runners in scoring position. Kind of a weird bit that they've been doing a lot recently. And you, you can't really complain about it because they mostly are winning games and everything is good. But, you know, still a little frustrating when you have the bases loaded. Nobody out, yeah. and you don't get a run in that situation. I just would encourage you to to do that. We just need Cedric Mullins up with runners in scoring position every time. I, I hear you had another nice RBI hit last night, and I appreciate that. I, I just, everybody could use at least more productive, maybe not a maybe not a ball right back to the pitcher in that circumstance <laughs> would be my suggestion. They won, Glenn. I know. I understand. <laughs> I understand. And by the way, they got the... And they tried to blow it the next inning. Uh, was it Mountcastle that came up with the big uh, two-out RBI hit? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, I was pretty was sure. Shocking. Yeah. I was pretty sure they were going to blow it in that circumstance. I was like, ah, oh, good, good. Nope, they didn't do that. So, yes, uh, obviously the story last night. Kyle Bradish was exceptional, and then uh, followed by Danny Kloom, Yenier Cano, and Felix Batista coming up with a big uh, strikeout of Shohei Otani in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. All's good, man. Now the Orioles will try to wrap up a series win with a matinee in game four of the four-game set at 12.30. Man, I would have loved to have gone today, but we had to record something this afternoon. I, like, I mean, literally, when, I said I, could, you, I, when yeah. I said I could do that, I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I got nothing on the – and I had forgotten that I had decided I wanted to race out of here after the show today. I kind of to realized that this morning, to the too. baseball game. And, and then I, I thought about it last night, and I was like, ah, do I bag it? Especially because we had a little um, – Right. Right. But, like, you know, I... Eh. What do you think? I mean, we can still probably change plans if we want. I mean... I, I am really torn about This is the problem. <laughs> I'm really torn about it. I think you should it. just go. Because I kind of made peace with the fact that I wasn't going, right? Like, last last night I just said to myself, eh, life goes on, you know? Like, but when Tyler Wells... We're all going to be okay. You know, throws a no-hitter today. He's blowing up my phone right now. And don't they know that I have a show to do? Aren't they aware of... My oh, vote. Okay. My vote is for you to go. For what it's That's worth. your vote. Yeah. Your vote is for me to go. And what do we do about the other thing? We just say the hell I with mean, it. I mean, yeah, just you know, I'll call them. Well, and how's our how's our show out. looking tomorrow? Are we? Are, we got um, we got a couple things lined up already. A couple things lined up. Ah! <laughs> if you feel like we can either we can move it to next week, if you feel like that can be done. I still have to race out of here, and right. I don't have anybody to go with. Is the other problem? Like, who am I going to go with? I didn't ask for a credential. I guess I could do that, but I always feel weird about that. What's Luke doing? That. What is Luke doing? That's a good question. I don't know what's, if he wants to go. I have no idea. What's Stan doing? Stan probably is going to the game, yeah. if I had to guess. But he's probably going to sit in the press. But I don't think he wants to sit out in the stands. I don't think Stan's... Hey, go uh, make friends with uh, Mr. Splash. I, you know, I think Mr. Splash is, is busy during the day. If you guys are listening and one of you is like, I really want to go to the baseball game today, message me. At Glenn Clark Radio. So you'll be my date to the baseball game today. Because I don't want to go. I don't think I want to go by myself. I'll do things by myself. That's not even a joke, by the way. Like, I bought. You can go out. Okay. Here's a real. You can dive into my soul a little okay. bit on this one. We haven't done anything on the show yet. We've already derailed. It's fine. I. Okay. There are a few things in my life that really give me joy. My kids obviously give me joy. <laughs> Number right? one. Like, okay. truly give me joy. I 
enjoy still going to concerts. It's something that, like, I like having one to look forward to. I like knowing when I'm going through the grind of a busy schedule or of menial work or of a week where the shows just aren't clicking for whatever reason, whatever it is going on, I like knowing, hey, next week I'm going to see this band that I enjoy. It's something that I enjoy looking, and I look forward to a great deal. Um, last night, I went to see the Gaslight Anthem, who I love. They're about an eighth a beat slower than when they were in their prime. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's okay. Nice. Like, it's it's totally It was still a very good show, but I did notice there were two things I noticed first. I was like, They lost the, a step. It, again, I don't want to say a step because okay. it's like an eighth a beat. It's, it's, it's barely noticeable, right? But they were one of the most shredding rock and roll bands of a decade. And now it's just an eighth of a beat slower than that. It's still fun. It's still rock and roll. But it's just a little bit. You can start to notice, like, oh, right, they aren't in their 20s anymore. They don't even, I don't think they're in their 30s anymore. I, don't, I think they're at least my age. I don't know that, actually, though. Um, and actually, I happen to love They put out a new song this year. It's the first, like, new music they put out in over a decade. And I happen to love it. But um, I was looking forward to it for weeks. They played at Ramshead Live last night. It was great, and I had been looking forward to it. I've been talking about it. It had been getting me through when there were difficult times. And then you get to the night of the show, and you realize you don't have the next thing. You don't have the next thing that's going to get you through, right? So I have this kind of reckless problem in my life where when I get to a show and I realize I don't have another show lined up, I'm oh. like, I better buy tickets to another show so I have something to look forward to. So I kind of... I did do that. Oh yeah, so, where are you going? I bought Blink One Eighty Two tickets. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, I was, I'm I, going to see a show for th- Friday night. Who are you so going to see? I'm going to see Red Veal. I don't know what that is. He but is I'm... he's a young he's like a teenager. He's from oh, PG County. Okay, and he is a rapper and he's really good. He's really talented. I, he's a young kid. I will I'm excited. To I'm excited you. to. Uh, I'm excited and here's to what see we're him. gonna do. I'm, I found him when he was 17. I'm, he's really really. And how talented. old is he now? He's like 19. Okay, so that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And he's, blew, he's like blew up you in two years. You make it seem like. like where's it, where's he playing? He's playing at Union Stage in D.C. Okay, I'm familiar with Union Stage. Yes. Um, so I was going to invite you to that. If, I uh, don't think I'm going to go to the Red View show. Red Veal. Red, Red Veal? Yes. Okay, I think I'm going to miss the Red Veal show. And here's what we're going to do. Because I don't want to have to fight you about it like we did with Post Malone the other day. I'm just not going to bother to listen. And that way, I'll never right, have to right, say right, to fine. you, what the hell is that? You wouldn't say it, by the I way. I swear to God. My buddy, uh, my buddy Brandon from Ramshead, who I love, it's one of my best friends. Of he likes Post Malone, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, he took a picture with Post Malone at Coachella. If Post Malone wanted to play at Ramshead, I'm, I'm sure he would be more than happy to book that show. Well, he he was, I swear to God, you know that um, uh, the the meme from uh, I think you should leave, where Tim Robinson says, "I don't know what any of this s is, and I'm effing scared." You know that yes, meme. Yes. So, Brandon, who I was hanging out with last night at the. Um, Gaslight Anthem show. I I saw something he posted, like a show I guess he's probably involved with in some capacity. So he shared it on Facebook. That there was this show announcement yesterday, and it was at Capital One Arena in D.C. Just announced, D.C., Grade A, 2023, Suicide Boys, Ooh, Ghost Man, City Morgue, Cemetery, and Ramirez on September 12th. I like Ramirez and Suicide Boys. I, not religiously, I, not like... I, I sent him. <laughs> I literally, like... I, this is not a joke. When I saw him share that, I didn't want to put it on his page because, like, you know, he's advertising it for other people. But, like, legitimately took a picture of that announcement and then sent him 
that meme. That, <laughs> I'm scared. I don't know what any of this S is, and I'm effing scared. <laughs> well, that's, I've reached that age I where this show is at an arena. This is an arena show, and I've never heard of that's any of it. That's a good lineup. I mean. I, you're very excited about it. God bless. It Headline by Suicide me. Boys? I'm so. very excited about Blink-182. I watched both of their sets at Coachella. I was... Again, I'm a man of a certain age, and so, of course, I'm very excited about Blink-182. So last night, I'm sitting in Brandon's office at Ram's Head before the Gaslight Anthem show watching the Orioles game. By the way, that was the bummer because it sucked up all my cell phone mm. uh, battery. That Between that and uh, when I was at the gym earlier, I w- I'm watching. I'm doing a, a Shameless. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going back. I never really watched Shameless when it was on, and it just ended like two years ago. I didn't realize it was still yeah, on in uh, was... 2021. Um, and of course, I love William H Macy, and I love Emmy Ross. I mean, I had enough people tell me like, no, "Star Shameless. of Jurassic Park 3, Yeah, that's of course what everybody thinks about, yes. no doubt. Um, and everybody had told me that Shameless was really good. I had just never spent any time with it. So as I finished something that I finished recently, I said to myself, "I think it's time. I think it's time for me to spend some time with Shameless." And so I was watching that at the gym. Then I'm watching the Orioles game, and I'm forgetting that I might want to take some pictures and videos at the concert that I'm at. So I the I did put it on uh, airplane mode, mm. so I apologize because I actually had a couple people that were trying to hit me up that were at the show last night. Ah. And I did not see those messages because I had to squeeze just enough juice to do my man of the match bit. <laughs> and then there was no. Who was phone. your man of the match? Who do you think it was? Felix? No. Oh, Bradish. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Well, because Canopich. Whenever Canopich is, you I tend to it. you tend to I go in. But like the dude was six and two thirds of what one run yeah, on one four run. hits, and I think he walked what one. Should have let him go seven. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They use Cologne appropriately in that yeah. spot. I was totally good with everything last night. I'm not going to scream like I did the other day about the fourth inning. I'm still not over it. And I got some good feedback about it. I appreciate it, unlike Drew, whose legitimate only answer was, well, you can't use him in the fourth. That was his, that was his <laughs> retort. This is why Drew is not doing radio anymore. His entire retort was, I can't wait till it comes up tomorrow with Stan, and Stan tells me something like, uh, you know, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, there's just no thought behind it whatsoever. There's no, this is what, well, I mean, I mean, maybe not with Stan. Maybe Stan will understand. Stan, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. He's, he's probably more open, I guess. I think. I think he's more open to that sort of stuff. But this is just the way we are. Like, we, we, you pitch, in, guy. you pitch in the eighth inning. You pitch in the, Why? Why? Because of last night. You see what happened? Drew yes, was last, right. Yeah. Last night, it was the appropriate time to use him in the eighth inning. I would, you know, could you have put him in at the end of the seventh? I think they liked the matchup with Cologne, and it obviously it worked out. So mm-hmm. I, I had no problem with that thought process. Um, which doesn't mean that Yannir Cano can't pitch in the eighth inning. Moral of all of this, why, I mean, we are just all, shoo. Moral of this is I'm sitting in Brandon's office, and I'm realizing I don't have another concert to look forward to. So... I don't know, the conversation steers towards other shows that, because like Brandon has to go to concerts all the time because he's in the concert business. Yes. And then uh, one of his co-workers, Tony, she was talking about other concerts, and they brought up Turnstiles, because Bran- apparently Turnstile played at the Auto Bar on Monday night. Like oh, a, okay. I think it was like a benefit type of deal. And Brandon went to that, and I was like, oh, right, they're opening for Blink. That's That's like next week, isn't it? And so I go look at the old Ticketmaster app because I remember when the tickets were first announced, they were like abs- extraordinary. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and I saw that there were a handful of lower level seats that were sixty bucks. And I said, I mean, sixty bucks before all the, I'm pretty sure they ended fees. up being ninety dollars yeah. each. But those fees aren't going away. If I had bought them originally, they would have been a hundred and fifty dollars. So I said, should I just do it? Should I just buy them? And he was like, 
yeah. Now, again, it's easy for somebody else to say it's not their money, right? Like, Brandon's like, of course. What are you doing? You like Blink-182. You're going to have a great time. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then I realized, I don't know who wants to go to the Blink-182 show. I have no idea. All of my friends are, are 50. Your, your wife? No. I, and that's, it, I don't know what happened. My wife, I, I say I don't know what happened. My wife, my wife. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, right. So my, wife. my wife. <laughs> we used to go to concerts all the time. All the time. She, her favorite band was OAR. Ooh. But the, we'd go to see the Dave Matthews band when they would come around. She would try to you get big me to You big DMB go. guy? I don't want to. It's, 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 I've talked about the story before. I, like, again, all white people of a certain <laughs> age, had a serious Dave Matthews band problem for a few years. I'd say 50 shows. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We would, is... like, your friends, you would get together with your friends in, like, April and plot out, like, how many of the shows you could go to that summer from, like, Atlanta to Saratoga, New like, York. Like, like fish and just. Kind of like that. Yeah. Just, you just go. Yeah. You'd yeah. smoke a lot of weed <laughs> and you just go. And again, this is before concerts were like $150 yeah. to go to. This is when like you could go to a Dave Matthews Band show at like a stadium for 50 bucks and be on the floor. Like, you know, and again, that was still money to us at the time. God, I sound such like an old man at this point. Oh, what we're doing here. I don't know what happened. But we would go, like, the shows. and con- Even last summer, she went with me to Paul McCartney. And, in fact, I assume she didn't want to. So, like, a while ago, my wife said to me, I just don't think I like going to concerts anymore. And then she tried to make it seem like she never liked going to concerts, which was a little bit more uncomfortable because we used to go to a lot of concerts. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? You're like, you've been to see Billy Joel with me. You've been to see you 2 with me. Like, you've been to a lot of shows. Like, what happened here? But she basically has just gaslit the whole thing and said, well, I never went to concerts. It was only because of you. I was like, well, <laughs> you know, you could have just said no. <laughs> like, that would have been an option. No, she was so nice. Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I wasn't that desperate for a friend. Is that what our entire relationship is based over? Is it you think Two I was just desperate <laughs> for, like, companionship? Because you're right. But, um, so... But she did go to Paul McCartney. It's funny. I made no plans for her to go to Paul McCartney with. In fact, I invited Brandon to go to Paul McCartney with me, and then she found out that I had Paul McCartney tickets, which she also found out how much I spent on the Paul McCartney tickets. And then she said, well, I want to go. I was like, well, this is awkward. (laughs) This is very uncomfortable. I don't know what to do about this. But she went, and everybody understood. Uh, It was my my wife. (laughs) So I buy the Blink-182 tickets last night. You didn't do the turnstile tickets. Well, Turnstile's opening for Blink-182. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, oh, they're opening for Blink-182. That's a good right. show. Mm. So I buy the tickets. They're not great, but they were 60 bucks. So they're, you know, 60 bucks before fees. They were, they're in the lower level, and that's, the, I didn't want to sit up in the upper deck. They're in the lower level. They're in the back of the lower level, but that's fine. Like, with, you know, whatever. I, I knew what I was getting because I didn't want to pay in an exorbitant amount of money. As if, I, as if 90 bucks isn't already. Still, the point is, I bought the tickets. And I said... I'm going to have to ask my wife, but I know my wife's going to say no. So I, this morning, because I got home late last night, this morning she's sitting downstairs, and I just sort of sheepishly say, I, you know, should I assume that you don't want to go with me next Friday to see Blink-182? And she like looks at me for a second, and she's like, and for a second it's like she's about to say yes. For a second it's about to be like, oh, this is great. And she looks at me, she's like, no. <laughs> 
No, I don't think I well, do. I was like, okay. And then I just realized I have nobody to go to Blink-182 with. And that's fine, right? Like it's Because if I put it out there and I just say I've got an extra good Blink, somebody's going to want to go. But, you know, like, then it's the awkward part of it. You put it out there and you realize you don't really want it that to be the... Like, you want it to be somebody that you are, yeah. A, going to have fun with. Yeah. That, B, it will mean something to, right? Like, you want that. So, I don't want to put it out, like, publicly, which is, I guess, what I'm doing by talking about <laughs> it on the show. <laughs> but I don't want to, like, go to Facebook and say, I have an extra ticket to Blink-182. Who wants it? Because yeah. then, like... It, what if only one person sees it and that person responds? Because I don't know the algorithms anymore on Facebook. And that person's like, dude, I want to go. And then I'm like, eh, I don't yeah, but not you, right? <laughs> like, then it creates a bit of an awkward situation. So what I'm saying is, if it comes to it, I don't want to. And I'm pretty sure I'll find somebody. But if it came to it, I would just go. Right. I, I, that's fair. I, I mean, would I just go. I would just go. I, you can do for that. For a Blink-182 show, yeah. I'll just go by myself. Because it's a show. You're up. You're, you, you can't really talk anyway. I would offer. I I won't be around uh, next Friday. But oh, that's right. You're going yeah. to you're going to wherever you're going. To. I'm going to I'm going to Los Angeles. Los for, Angeles. For the weekend. Yeah, Los I have a friend that lives out there, Los, so I'm going to visit him. Los yeah. Angeles. Yes. Um, City of Angels. Are you going to an Angels game? Uh, I was thinking because the Dodgers are home on that Monday, yeah. and then the Angels are home Sunday. So I was thinking I'm trying to figure out if I want to go to if I want to go to one, okay. and uh, you know which one to do. If, well, the Lakers might still be. Alive I know the at Lakers. Still they still might still. Be I don't know we'll if see. I can swing that. We'll see. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> How much you think a get in is for Game Three of the? You should look that up. How much a get in is for Game Three of the Western Conference Finals? I will say that the a get in ticket for Game Three, you could get in for three hundred dollars. That's my guess. Is that for three hundred bucks you could get into the Western Conference Finals? Which, if you cared, like if you were a fan, yeah. worth it. Not caring, you know, like other than being at the game, like not having a rooting interest, I would probably pass on. Game six would be that Friday when I'm there. Okay, but I, I said game three. Right, game three. Game okay. three. What do you think a get in is? Because game six, we still don't know if it's going to happen, so there yeah. might not be the same commitment yet. To uh, game six tickets. What did you say? You said I think it's three hundred dollars. That's what I was thinking in. too. I'll say I mean I, it might even be more. Again, I'll say four fifty for a get in for yeah. the cheapest ticket in the building. Mm, for the cheapest, I'm saying just to be able to right now you could three eighty nine price three eighty nine three eighty nine final answer. All right, I'll I'll buy that. All right, hang on a second. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Lakers and Western Conference Finals round round three home game two. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. This is, uh, May twentieth. May twentieth. It's the, the way that they listed is weird. May twentieth. The cheapest ticket is. Oh, we split the difference. Right now, you could get in for three hundred forty dollars. Okay. Three hundred plus fees bucks. though, probably close yes. to three eighty nine. Oh, that's a great question. How much would it actually be? All right, hang on a second. We can do this. So I'll put two tickets in my cart. It's gonna be super <laughs> awkward when my wife finds out that I just bought two tickets to the Lakers. Game. All right, for me to go to. Yeah, to- yeah. To- <laughs> total price. What do you think the final total price is? Three for two tickets. With fees for, for, for one ticket, essentially? For no, for, oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I put um, in for two, so I could I could split this number. Okay, uh, let's see, probably like $50 fees at least. Mm-hmm. I'll say probably about three ninety five, three ninety nine. It's uh, It's basically that, by the way. You can't, oh, by the way, you can't buy one. That's the reason. You have to buy two. They do that bit where oh, you okay. can't leave an empty yeah. seat. You have to buy two. The Orioles do that bit now, too, by the way, with some sec- sections. So it would be a total of eight hundred thirty nine dollars for two tickets to see the Lakers. So yeah, about four eighteen each. So go. What are you doing? Just go. <laughs> My point yeah. is, I'll, I'll do that for if I need to for Blink One Two, but I don't want to do it the, today for the Orioles game, right? Like I just, I'd rather not sit. 
Couldn't you just go score the game? You know? No, I don't <laughs> like that. I like having somebody to talk to. I like having yeah. like sitting up and watching a baseball game and chatting about it. Like I don't, I'm not. I don't want to be super chatty. But I like having somebody to talk to. I don't feel the same way about a show because there's music and you're yeah. singing along and the whole thing. A baseball game, if I'm going to go by myself, I want to sit in the press box. And I I don't like – this is another – the teams – I always hear from them, like, why don't you come to more games? I don't have, like, a defined work purpose. Like, I'm not going to write talk a – Talk about the team. I'm not going to write about – I'm not going to write a column about going to the game this afternoon. So I'd just be sitting there for the sake of sitting there. Nothing wrong with that. I don't like that. I don't like being that guy. I'll do that. I, I'm sure you would do that. I don't like being that guy. I I feel a little bit differently at places where like they. I, well, and then you can just score the game, make it look like you're working. And like if I if I if I know I'm doing like when Loyola would play Towson, like I might say to Towson, like, "Hey, I'm going to come over the week beforehand and watch your game." But it's because I'm about to see them and I want to have seen them ahead of time. I don't really like doing that. Like I can watch the game on the TV here. I, I'm capable yeah, of doing yeah. that. Okay, nobody's come through in the first 20 minutes. Tell me they're going to the game with me. And this is this is bordering on sad. This is. I'm just realizing I'm sure you're running to somebody. I'm you starting, know, I'm starting to realize I have no friends. What's Jeremy doing? What is Jeremy doing today? Actually, I was going to say Patrick would be the answer. Patrick mm-hmm. would be the person that that like if anybody. But he's probably because he's got cross today. No, no, there's no, no lacrosse today, but like he might be writing ahead yeah. of this weekend. But he would be the person. That, I, I guess what I would say is it's weird he didn't message me and say, "Hey, would you want to go to the game so today?" This is Patrick's fault, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm blaming right. Patrick for this mostly because he's normally uh, honest to God. Basically, the reason why I go to any games anymore is when Patrick says, "Like, dude, let's just go to the game on Tuesday." I'd be like, "All right, we will." Well, <laughs> I have no reason not to. So that's the biggest reason why I'm not going to the game today. What happened here? This really Do, just kind of turned we into. Told uh, who else is on the show today? No, we haven't yeah. done any. We haven't done a sponsor. We didn't really talk. I mean, I guess we talked about the game. We discussed the fact that everything Kyle went well. Was good Kyle Bradish was good. The bullpen was good, and they need to get more Seth hits Rollins with runners good. in scoring position. Get more hits with runners in scoring position. Let's not leave as many dudes on base. How about that? I don't feel like I'm asking for too much. I get it. Didn't bother you. Didn't matter yesterday. But like, hey, you know, some good potent offenses. Maybe not as many runners left on base. Just a request from your old pal, GC. That's all. Nothing nothing more. Just a few more hits with runners in scoring position. On the program today. Today's show, by the way. <laughs> what the hell is going on around here? Why are we still doing this? Today's show is brought to you by A.J. Michaels. Expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available more at AJMichaels.com. All right, here's what's coming up on the show today. Um, we're going to preview Preakness. Sheldon Russell, local rider, is riding Chase the Chaos. It's not his first ride in the Preakness. I think he's been on a couple of times, but he's never won. It would be obviously a great story for a local rider to win the Preakness. Don't think that's going to happen on Chase the Chaos. But, hey, you know, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby and Mind That Bird won the Kentucky Derby once upon a time. There have been some crazy things that have happened in this sport. We will catch up with Sheldon Russell here in a bit. Also this morning, Ryan McGee from ESPN, one of the most likable people in all of sports media. He has a fun book out right now. It's called Welcome to the Circus of Baseball. I've been reading it. Um, It's sort of about his history in minor league baseball and kind of all of the many zany things that he saw interning with the Asheville Tourists years ago. The Tourists. And it translates. Anyone who's ever been around minor league baseball certainly can reflect. So 
that's a, a neat book, and I'm enjoying the read. We'll talk to Ryan McGee about it a little bit later on. Maybe even, I don't know, who knows, some college football, something like that. And uh, also this morning, speaking of minor league baseball, Zach Watson of the Bowie Bay Sox is going to check in with us as we make our weekly trip down to Bowie. And Zach Watson will join us this morning. Uh, Proctor says, oh, I know you have friends. I can't name any, but I feel like I've seen one or two. <laughs> what does he count as? Uh, Proctor is a friend. I don't even know if Proctor likes Blink-182. If Proctor wanted to go see Blink-182 with me, absolutely I'd go to see Blink-182 with Proctor. Like, as he would, if he would enjoy, I wanted to be sort of that would enjoy it. I don't want it to be a chore for, that's the real issue, is when you invite somebody, and you think you're inviting them, because they would have, like, I invited my old roommate, thinking he would have a good, because I, we, I know we enjoy the same music, we're both into 90s music, I used to make him go to concerts with me when I needed a concert buddy, which again, turns out, that's all my wife thinks our relationship is, but I used to make my roommate go to concerts with me. Now, I invited him. I just said, hey, bud, got an extra ticket to Blink-182? Would you want to go? And it was the politest, nah, I'm good. Now, he also <laughs> recently had ear surgery, so uh, okay. that, that, is something, surgery. that has something to do with it. So <clears throat> I just want it to be somebody that I think. I don't, if somebody says like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even if they don't say it that way, and that's just the way that they're feeling, and they say yes, like if they say sure, Right, like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Blink One Eighty Two with you. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't want. I want it to be somebody that wants to go, that would have a good time, that would, you know, enjoy yeah. being there. Not, I, I, I don't want it. I don't need you to think that I'm doing you a favor because I bought you the ticket. But I don't want y- it to be that you are doing. You think you're doing me a favor. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be a mutually beneficial situation yes here. yes exactly i don't I, feel like i'm asking for all that much i don't need you to put out at the end of the night <laughs> well, do you? I mean, well no no well, hang on it depends <laughs> proctor I'll, i'm okay <laughs> like, he's fine he's not my type tiny nipples true story very very tiny really nipples. yes uh, uh, we almost demand that he take his shirt off <laughs> so that we can show people um I, I love Proctor. I just don't think that I would need him to put out. He's just not my type. But other... No, kidding. Kidding. Jeremy only let Yes. Well, Jeremy, come on. <laughs> it's Jeremy. I would, it would be assumed and we would have that conversation. I don't know if he's a Blink-182... I don't even know if Jeremy's a Blink-182 fan. That's the, I think I just assume that everybody of a certain age has to be. It's like... I mean, I guess, I, I guess I'm not a Blink-182 fan. Like, I just didn't listen to their music. I mean, uh, I, I can name... One song, I think. Okay. So that's not that's not a good song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like great, it's not like you that's know, I'm not gonna, a great. I'm gonna I w- say I I'm gonna take don't it do not want to see. I'm glad you're gonna be in Los Angeles because yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to be the person to go with. Well, me like no, but I you know I'd be into it. I understand sure. you'd be Live into music, it, but I would of like it. It's I would like for you to be somebody that cares. It's like wow, Blink One Eighty Two. That's great. I enjoyed them. They were a part of my adolescence. Your life, as they yeah. were for <laughs> most of us of a certain age. <sighs> I'll find somebody. <laughs> I hope. I believe in you. Or I just won't. <laughs> That's the way it'll go. You know what? Other be- all right. Whatever. We should talk about sports. We really shouldn't keep doing this. I don't. I don't know. Don't send this one. I, when somebody remember, sometimes guests will be like, "Can you send us an example of your show?" Oh yeah. So don't Dude, send this right, one. May eighteenth. Yeah. Don't don't let make this one be the not one that, one. that you sent. I um the last week Live Nation did a twenty five dollar concert sale. Where like they just had tons of tickets to different shows that were available for twenty five bucks, and I like you know I looked to see, and I saw that Brian. This will mean nothing to you. Okay. Brian Adams of the eighties, 
of course. Brian Adams and the great, the legendary Baltimore's own Joan Jett are touring together, and they're playing at the arena. And I was like, I would go to that show. That show sounds like fun. So the $25 tickets weren't, they were lower level. They were good seats. I said, awesome. And I bought two for no reason. Didn't have anybody to go. I just bought two. It's definitely my son's birthday. It's oh, definitely. No. Or bring him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure if he's into Brian Adams. I'm well, just not, not yet. <laughs> right. That's a great point. I guess. I guess this is the op- This is an opportunity <laughs> in order to try to indoctrinate him. Uh, yeah. So those tickets went right back up on the old Ticketmaster ticket exchange. Oh man. <laughs> right back up. Spent twenty five dollars on. I'm gonna see if I can sell them for thirty. <laughs> See if that can be uh, accomplished. Extra ten bucks to go to the I, uh, yeah right to, to put to that towards <laughs> or towards the tickets I bought the blank one or that yeah <laughs> one of which I might just burn. I don't know what's happened here. You got anything for today? Um, you pre- oh, you, pre- you did prepared YouTube fighting TV. Words. I did prepare fighting. Words, you did yeah. prepare fighting words. We're not gonna do that now, but maybe a little YouTube bit. YouTube TV really dropped the ball in the NBA playoffs what last happened? night. They it was freezing up. Apparently, across Ooh, everyone's YouTube TV was freezing up for so b- uh, because I used all of my game uh, one, my battery night. on the Orioles game. I, I basically watched none of the basketball. Yeah, game. I mean, I gave up on to it on it too. I mean, I was figuring I was like, oh, what is my Wi-Fi wrong? So I like went to like my laptop and my phone, and it was still freezing. And then later on Twitter, so everyone's worried because obviously YouTube. TV and Sunday Ticket. Yeah. So everyone's like, I mean, you would assume they have this figured out by like September. Hope. I would like to hope. Um, but yeah, so I just gave up and I was like, well, I guess I'll have to watch the highlights at the end of the game. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, but, I, look, dude, the Miami story is unbelievable. Yeah. It's not, it's, this certainly does not end this series. Let's not pretend by, by winning one game in Boston, that means the Heat are now in the finals. But my God, dude, like, go, go figure this. Go figure it. They didn't even win the playing tournament. They had no momentum at all coming into the postseason. And they just happened to have the best player in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler finally put on his basketball shoes. Correct. Decided, all right, I'll go be that guy now. There's something to be said for, and I haven't haven't wanted to bring it up, but if it ended up being Lakers heat, the question is, is is it good for basketball because it reminds you that anything can happen? Or is it bad for basketball because it reminds you of just how utterly meaningless the entire regular season is? And I don't know the correct answer to that question. And we don't know that it's going to be Lakers heat right now. The Lakers are down a game in the Western Conference Finals. The, the, I don't know what the answer is there. And it wouldn't be like it's the first time that a low seed has ever made the finals. But I don't think we've ever had 7-8 in the finals. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we ever had 5-6-7-8 in the second round of the playoffs. Um, I, I don't know. The, the The regular season thing has been a problem for some time in basketball. I have openly admitted that other than occasionally when I find out that a Suns game is on, you know, a, a, national, bro- Warriors, a national broadcast. They're playing LeBron. Right. Yeah. Well, actually, even if they're not playing a great team, but they're on national TV. Playing the Wizards. Yeah. I'm, no. Uh, well, they're on local TV. <laughs> right. I, I, I actually don't even know how I would watch. I guess I have the NBC Sports app. I guess I could watch that mm-hmm. at home. Um, I, I will, I, it's not fair because I do watch a handful of Suns games during the regular season, but like a handful, I'm certainly not watching even every regular season, even every national TV broadcast of the Suns. Like in, in November, I find out they're on NBT, NBA TV and I'm like, yeah, but you know, there's a football game on, so I'm just going to choose to watch that. I, I, this is, it, it happened for me. I don't know how long ago, where I was just like, why would I ever watch a regular season NBA game? Yeah. You you can't. 
Like, I think after the LeBron-Kobe matchup, or sorry, the, the Shaq-Kobe matchup on Christmas Day, when this is the first time that Shaq was playing against Kobe and we genuinely believe that they hated each other, outside of that, I don't remember the last time I was like, I want to sit down and watch a regular season NBA game. And, of course, the NFL is now taking over Christmas, so yeah. you don't even get that anymore. It's been bad for a long time. It's been completely meaningless for a long time. I drove down to D.C. a couple times just to see the Suns because, you know, I don't get to see them all that frequently. And I do think we would feel differently if we lived in a market that had yeah. a team because you just like seeing your team and watching your team. I do think that we would feel differently about it if we were in Philadelphia and we'd be more inclined to watch regular season games. But in a market with no team, there is just zippy reason for me to ever watch regular season NBA basketball. None. And then I feel disconnected from the conversation. Like when everybody was debating about MVP at the end of the year, I was like, I'm going to pretend like I care. I'm going to pretend like I have something to offer to this debate. I haven't watched Jokic. I haven't watched Embiid. I haven't watched any of these guys. All I know is what the highlights that I occasionally see on Twitter or like every now and then maybe I'll leave Van Pelt on after a a basketball game that I was after Monday Night Football, something like that. Like that's about all I've got in order to base that on, because I'm just completely disconnected from regular season basketball, and I just don't know if this makes it worse. If it ends up being Lakers Heat, it's sort of like the final nail in the coffin of this s just doesn't matter. Like you, all you got to do is get in. You don't have to care. You don't have to be good. You don't have to play your players. If you're Jimmy Butler, you don't have to try. I mean, this was the Kawhi Leonard argument, right? Like Kawhi Leonard just kind of doesn't really care about the regular season. He just he does what he's got to do. Winning MVPs is not important to him. Like it mattered to Kawhi Leonard to play in the playoffs. It mattered to him to win then, and. What's the argument against? Jimmy Butler is becoming, you know, the, the America's, you know, sweetheart over the course of these playoffs. So why does it matter if he's not a regular season player? Why does it matter if he just decided this is who I'm going to be moving forward is I'll do just enough, whatever I have to do, and then I'll be ready to go once the playoffs start, and then I'll be that guy at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I do agree with you because obviously I – really don't watch the NBA either. It's never in, until until April, and even we, that might even be early. You think we would if there was a Baltimore team? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I feel yeah. the same way. I think if there was a local team, I would watch. But it's like, obviously, the, the Ravens always play, typically play into January. So, like we, again, we wouldn't really care a whole lot, if at all, probably until January. If it, Maybe if they were, I'm trying to think of like why we would care they would have to have a star player, and they'd have to be good mean, from the. You mean from, a local team? Yeah, local NBA team. Like they'd have to have I a star know. player and good. I mean, like but on, it, but on a Tuesday thing, night in November, what else are you doing, right? Like on college a, basketball. Yeah, but like what college? You know what I mean? Like if Maryland, I'll was, watch Stonehill in Queens College. Yeah, okay, you've got a problem. <laughs> um, I, if you wouldn't really choose that over a local, you wouldn't really choose watching just a generic basketball game. Got, this got is, midweek match it's, too. It's an it's an interesting debate now for me because the question will become if there was a Baltimore NBA team, which there's never gonna be, so it's not even worth the conversation. It, well, that's the problem. Is like I consider myself a Wizards fan, and it's like I care for maybe the first couple weeks of November, and then you Why? know they start the fizzle out, and Bradley Beal stops playing, I, and it's like like that's the other thing. Like the, I, I, these star players aren't gonna. 
the start when the star player doesn't play either, that also you know it devalues everything that they put that they put out on the court. Uh, look, like, I, and that's I, I think that's one of the the NBA's thought like well let's do this extra tournament. Nobody gives I swear to God this thing where you think that because it works in European soccer, you know what they don't have a tournament at the end of the season. They don't do that. That's why these other things work. We know what determines a championship in America. A postseason tournament. So what if they did a PL, like a Premier League style, you know, just match week the Who point system? would possibly care? No one. No one. And they're so hell-bent on, because they know the regular season stinks. So how can we make the regular season not stink? You can't. I'm sorry. You can't. You have to just hope that there's enough really good basketball players to go around that people want to watch those really good basketball players. But man, I you can't. And it seems to work. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm being super negative about this when, like, you know, it's it just is what it is. It just is. Like yeah. that's the reality of this. It just is what it is. I mean, like all sports are the same way. Like you just got to get into the playoffs. I mean, obviously the NFL regular season does matter more than probably any other regular. The, you season. can't compare anything to the yeah. NFL. It's why we watch every NFL game. There's only so many of them. They matter, and. You know, the the obviously the fantasy aspect of it, you know, adds mm -hmm. to it so much more. And just there aren't nearly as many people that play fantasy basketball, even fantasy baseball. And we'll probably see it more with like this could be an argument, I guess, for Major League Baseball coming mm -hmm. soon as they expand the playoffs and have you know these six seventh wild card team, and you know, and w once the yeah. six once the six six wild card I, I, or seventh wild card wins a World if Series. It, if I lived in a market that didn't have baseball, if I lived in Portland, I would not, I I wouldn't watch any regular season baseball at all. So it's the same problem. I wouldn't watch at all mm -hmm. regular season baseball. What would I watch? I mean, I guess maybe if I was a Mariners fan, if I lived in Portland right. but I was a I mean, desperate Mariners fan, if I just lived somewhere where I didn't have a team that I attached myself to, wouldn't watch. Oh, this is super fun. What a pleasant day. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I have no friends. I hate everything. Sheldon Russell comes up next. Clint Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. 
Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Thursday edition of the program. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers has all of the best offers for you to sign up for sports betting and get some free bets, some free money, some great incentives like five second chance bets from PointsBet. When you deposit and bet your first $50, you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers in order to claim this incentive and so much more. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. All right, as we wind down our number one of today's show, of course, Preakness Saturday at Pimlico Racecourse. It is a really weird field with just only Mage returning from the Kentucky Derby. Everybody else is a shooter in this race. Eight horses. One of those horses is Chase the Chaos, and that horse will be ridden by a local. We got a rooting interest in Saturday's Preakness is joining us now here on GCR. Sheldon Russell. Sheldon, good morning. Thank you for taking the time for us. Congratulations on being back in the Preakness. Good morning, guys. Thank you. I'm really excited, and thanks again for having me on your show. Hey, Sheldon. It's great to chat with you, man. I imagine this doesn't doesn't get old. Like, when you get the opportunity to ride in a race like this, like, it, it, it has to mean the world to you, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's every, you could say it's every jockey stream to, to get a chance to ride in one of the big races. Um, being a regular rider here in Maryland, um, you know, always the second leg of the Triple Crown on, on one of your home tracks, yeah, nothing better. Um, you, of course, have the it's the it's the age old story of from Louisiana, raised in England, ended up here in Maryland. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. But you mentioned being at home, specifically at being Preakness. How much does this mean to you as someone who's accomplished so many things at Laurel and at Pimlico over the years? Yeah, just being given a huge opportunity, you know, uh, for, you know, we we. We mainly race at Laurel. We come over for Pimlico while we hold the Preakness stakes and this whole Preakness meet. So just to be given the opportunity to ride on, you know, the biggest race here in Maryland on the biggest day, um, just, you know, hugely grateful and just really looking forward to the day. Do, do you feel like it, it prov- I know it hasn't worked yet, and I know that this is a difficult horse to test it on, but do you feel like it provides any amount of home field advantage at all? Like just how well you know the track in in the lead up to the race like do you feel like any of that matters once you get to saturday yeah i mean you you would hope so you know being being on a track that you, you you've rode and you've had some success on yeah i mean 
I'm comfortable here. You know, I've rode a lot of races here. Um, yeah, hopefully it plays a small little part. And, and hey, um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just hugely grateful for the opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful they gave one of the local lads. I think there's three of us in the field that, yeah. that have a mount in the race. So, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, just hoping for a bit of luck. And, you know, hopefully this horse runs well for us. He is Sheldon Russell. Of course, he'll be aboard Chase the Chaos, going from the second spot on Saturday in the Preakness. Uh, Sheldon, as you know, there's not a lot of love being given to your horse on Saturday. Um, extraordinary odds. Tell me about what you know about the horse, how you got hooked up with it, and why maybe are, are we not paying enough attention to Chase the Chaos? Yeah, so... Um just, I got, I actually went out there this morning to film the car. I was able to meet Edmo and the horse. I, we actually walked up with them, watched them train. Um, just, you know, I think just maybe my name got thrown around and they were looking for a rider and they opted to, to use one of the local riders. So, you know, just maybe just being at the right, you know, just my name just got thrown out at the right time. So just maybe just got lucky in that sense. Um, you know, I've, never been on him obviously i've you know i've gone back i've watched his rayos you know his win in the el camino derby was, was huge obviously his efforts after haven't been great but you know ed had assumed me this morning that the horses arrived safely he trained beautifully this morning so you know it's horse racing anything could happen um you know just to, to be loaded into the gate look there's only eight runners right. i know there's a little bit of talk that there's not a whole lot of the, the derby horses that are in this field so it is wide open um What's to say? You know, take to the the Pimlico racetrack and, and show up on Saturday and just run a, a huge race. I mean, that's what we'd be hoping for, right? You know, it, it's funny you bring that up because there is a part of me that thinks like that does matter, doesn't it? Like this does. Obviously, Mage is deserving, and there are some other really impressive horses in this field. But it, it, do, do you, as an outsider, do you feel like you know this is as open for anybody as you could ask in a race like this? Absolutely. Um, and like I said, anything could really happen. Obviously, my horse would probably need some pace, and, you know, he's sort of like a mid-pack runner. So, you know, what's to say they don't go really fast early on? I mean, that's what we would be hoping for, and we can maybe, you know, get a great trip behind them and, you know, maybe pick up a few of them and hopefully all of them at the end then. But, um, you know, we've got to be in it to win it. And, um, yeah, just, just hoping for a nice clean trip on Saturday and just hoping it's our day. Sheldon, do you, you know, like, have you allowed yourself to dream? Like, have you allowed yourself to, like, picture what the, I mean, this is your life, right? Like, this is, a, you have won so many things. Do you allow yourself to think about, like, what the moment would be like if you are standing in the winner's circle on Saturday at Pimlico? Uh, it would just be, it would just be one of those moments. Like I said, it's probably every jockey's dream to just, not only just to get a ride in one of those races, to even have a chance to win it. Um, to win it, I couldn't imagine. But hey, we're we're, we're close. Um, I mean, it would just be it would be it'd be great. The, yeah. I, I would. I, I couldn't even tell you what I would say afterwards. I, I hasn't even run through my head. Just yet. Well, here's the thing: we're going to call you again on Monday if it happens, so we can find no. that out at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call call me Sunday. How about that? Call me Sunday morning. Uh, we'll get our answer then for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, Sheldon, what this means, you mentioned it's not just you. Like, Fergal has a ride. Obviously, there are some serious local connections in the Preakness. It hasn't always been that way. You know what a difficult time it has been. You more than maybe anybody knows what a difficult time it's been um, for the sport here in the state of Maryland over the last decade or so. 
how, how much does that part of it, that it's not just you, that there is kind of a celebration of Maryland racing on the most important day in Maryland racing that is a bit more unique than it has been in most years when it comes to the Preakness? Yes. I mean, if, for, for yourself, if you haven't sort of experienced the whole Preakness sort of day, it's a great day in Maryland, uh, hugest day in Maryland racing. Um, you could, you know, you ask some of the, even some of those big trainers that ship in. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you. Um, it's just special that the track holds such unique history. Um, just a great day all around. Um, and like I said, to, to, to be on the stage in, in the biggest race, um, very privileged. Uh, is it? Does it come at a time that's at all nervous or apprehensive for those that are involved in the sport locally? Like we know. We don't have the clarity that we thought we had about the future of the tracks, and of course, we know what a difficult spring it has been down at Laurel. Like, is is there at all still a cloud that kind of hangs over this Preakness because of that stuff for everybody involved locally? Yeah, I, I would think that everything is 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 back on track right now. Well, we we would hope so. We we've had a good opening weekend here at Pimlico. Um, you know, the track seems in great shape. I I don't think. Uh, we're moving backwards. I feel like we're all moving forward. Um, Laurel has been changed around too. So I, I, I would hope this would be give us the first to move in the right direction. And look, come Friday, even like tomorrow, tomorrow's a huge day of racing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can have a great week here in Maryland and, you know, all the horses and everyone comes back safely and um, everyone has a great time. Did I see that you're going to be, that you got a partnership with Lido going into Saturday? Yeah, that was another um, thing I'm excited to partnership. Um, you know, just being, just being, having a ride in the race and having somebody reach out to me. There was actually a lady, uh, Jamie Audubon. Uh, she had reached out to me and she had worked out a deal for me to be sponsored. Leaders have given me a great opportunity. That's cool. I'm very excited. Yeah, they sent me some nice apparel, sent me some hats and shirts. I get to meet some of the guys there on Saturday. Um, you know, hope, hopefully the horse runs well and hopefully. We can, uh, yeah, we can all have a great day. But, yeah, you just, did, but you didn't say the important part. Awesome. Are you getting free pizza out of the deal? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> they. I'm sure they'll give me a special number where on my drive home on Saturday <laughs> I could just type in a code. Or I mean, there's a, there's a Lido pizza ten minutes from the house. So there you go. Hopefully they can call into the shop and we can pick up a free pizza. Maybe <laughs> even throw in some mozzarella sticks or something <laughs> as well. Hey, do you have any super? I don't think I've ever. Asked, do you have any superstitions about uh, a big race day? Do you have anything that like? You have to put on, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, what you're riding the same way. Do you have anything that you do as far as superstitions are concerned on big race days? No, not really superstitious. Obviously, um, you know, as a jockey, you'd have your, you know, two or three saddles. That's the only thing. As long as I would, would have a saddle that I'm used to and I ride on with every day, I, I would hate to use, like, a, a brand-new saddle that I had never ridden in before on like a big day. So we'll make sure those saddles are all up and running, running good. Uh, no problems, but yeah, I would just probably keep keep the boots I ride on a daily basis. I wouldn't really change anything. Right. Um, yeah, as long as it wasn't like brand new. Obviously, the pants is, is not a big deal, but obviously, like new boots or new saddles would be a big no go no, on a big day for sure. I could understand why that would be the wrong time for you to be trying to do something. Wrong, like wrong time to be breaking them in, <laughs> right. put it that way. How about maybe next week we think about breaking something in? But for today, yeah, next week or maybe next month. How about right. that? That would be a more appropriate time to consider doing something like that. 
Sheldon Russell, at Sheldon Russell one on uh, Twitter is how you can give him a follow. Sheldon, are you on Instagram that the uh, folks give you followers? Yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got on Instagram. Um, I think it's Sheldon Russell twenty eight. So okay. hopefully we'll put up some content there over the next few days. And look, we're looking forward to. I've got some decent rides coming up. I think I ride four tomorrow. I think I've got six on Saturday. We've got a couple of live ones. Um, yeah, and, and, and a Brickness man. So looking forward to the next two days. A little bit of luck, and hopefully we'll, we'll be in the winner's circle. Sean, uh, congratulations uh, just on being on board. I know it's a huge moment, as you mentioned, for every rider. And, boy, if it were to work out, uh, I can't wait to find out what those moments mean like uh, for you to become Preakness winner. Congratulations on the ride, and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me on this show. Best of luck to you guys. Sheldon Russell with us here on GCR, of course, has been riding here in Maryland for a very long time. As, as you could tell, not originally from Maryland. He was raised in, uh, in England. But uh, he's been riding in Maryland for well over a decade, and um, it's a really neat story. There's, again, there's more local connections than a typical Preakness has had, just because there are any, frankly. Like, there's a few more local connections than uh, we're used to seeing in the Preakness. And so uh, I'll root for Sheldon Russell. Um, I know Fergal Lynch has a ride in this race as well. Again, not someone who was born here, but who has been here for a very long time, has made this place his home. And um, also, oh, God, who else was I thinking of? Um, uh, Coffee with Chris is a Maryland bred horse. And, um, oh, God, why am I blanking on the, the name of the, the, the trainer? Oh, oh, this is when I prove what a professional I am. Right in these moments. Coffee with Chris is trained by local trainer. Uh, oh, God. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I know I can't help you. I wish thank I you, could. Thank you for nothing. <laughs> I think I really appreciate. I'll just try it. to fill some uh, some air here while you Google search. No, yeah. no, I've got it. I've got it. I know. I was just texting somebody about it yesterday, so I can I can coffee with Chris. John Salzman. Thank you, Jesus. John Salzman. That is Hello, what I was my say. baby. <laughs> Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime girl. <sighs> um, so some local connections for the Preakness on Saturday. And opportunities to uh, maybe throw a little bit of money and root for that. Although, you know, most people will be rooting for Mage, of course, to uh, present a Triple Crown possibility come the Belmont. Winding down for our number one of today's show. If you haven't signed up yet for our great... It's funny because we're about to have Ryan McGee on to talk about his experiences in minor league baseball. And if you want to have some experiences in minor league baseball then you need to go to pressboxonline.com slash contests because we are giving away four tickets to all of the area's minor league baseball teams plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. But you got to go to pressboxonline.com slash contests in order to sign up. Must be 18 or older in order to win. Sweepstakes ends on June 14th. So you got a little bit of time, but it's starting to get late early. Pressboxonline.com slash contest in order to get signed up. One of those tickets yeah, seems it was, like it might be worth a little bit more. Well, than I, I, what I would argue is un- it might not be all that much longer. Yeah, it might not be. Jesus, if you're not familiar, the last two nights were Jackson Holiday. Holy F. It's nine for nine. Uh, yeah, Wait, I thought he had a line out. I think he did. I think he did line out in his six, final at that. I thought he had six But he went nine for nine. He went yeah, nine he had, for a he had, consecutive he had nine, nine consecutive hits, yes. and then right his final at bat last night. So that, maybe, so maybe he's not bum, always cracked out to be that bum. 
had a line out. <laughs> Pathetic. What a loser. That guy's not going to work. Yeah, if you, uh, it was everywhere last night, so I assume you saw it, but if you just sort of happened to miss it, uh, Jackson Holiday did go five for six. A night after, he uh, went three for three and came up just shy. In fact, that game was was called early the game the night before. Yes, yeah, because of so he had a shot at the cycle and didn't end up. I think it was called after five, wasn't I it? I believe so, it was yeah. called after five. So he would have had several opportun- opportunities. Yeah, Jackson Holiday the night before had a double, a triple, and a home run. All he was missing was a single. A nice. So imagine you know coming up a single shy of the, the cycle. Then last night when it goes five for six with a pair of triples and a double. Ten total bases last night for Jackson Holiday without hitting a home run. Five RBI. Four runs scored. He's now hitting 391 and getting on base at a 500 clip. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. For the month of May, he's hitting 447. He's not bad. Yeah, that'll play yeah. if you can make that uh, continue. That'll play as he's still at Aberdeen for now. We will see. Again, the Orioles have been moving him aggressively. Um, I think they want to have him. I, I still think, you know, you'll hear Mike Elias still use the phrase graduate when he talks about these guys. That, like, it's not just you're hot. Like, you've got to sustain and prove. I, I get that at some point somebody would say, how much more is there to prove? But I think we really are dancing around the idea that if this were to continue, the Jackson Holiday thing could prove to be one of the most rapid rises in Orioles history. Like, I, I don't think it's absurd at all to think that Jackson Holiday could be a factor for the Orioles in a playoff race next year. Yeah. I if, mean, if everything continues. Again, he's not going to hit 391. Let's be fair. That's we well, got to be reason. I understand. Not with that attitude. I get it. Right. <laughs> But if he continues to perform at a high level throughout the minors and they get the next summer and, you know, he's killing it and he's made it all the way to AAA, it's absolutely possible that Jackson Holiday could end up showing up uh, and and making an impact. We will see because, you know, the circumstances, all of that, we'll see how it goes. But it's just not it's, – it's nuts. It's nuts how, rapid li- how rapidly this kid is rising and performing and killing it. At the minor league level, there was some hullabaloo last night because Colton Kowser was not in the lineup. Yes, for yeah. Norfolk, and there was some hullabaloo of like, "What does that mean? Is he coming or is he?" I, I, I mean, I think that's aggressive. Like I, again, I know we were joking about it with him yesterday, but it still seems like that type of thing at least to June before. I know the funny thing is it's being pointed out. Like I know there are stories being written about how he's played more games than Adley Rutschman did, and Adley Rutschman was the number one prospect in baseball. I, and, and on a on a bad team for 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 a bad. That's team. a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. I get it. I get why there is this. At some point, what more do these guys have to prove? And that's there's no question that that's the case. But I think that you at least and I get it. We're only two weeks away from June. When I say this, mm-hmm. I don't think this is terribly far away. And maybe if you're only two weeks from June, somebody said, "Well, why couldn't it be?" If you needed someone today. They make it today. I got a, a buddy of mine that reached out and said, do you think that Santander playing first base might have something to do with what you've been talking about, about this potential log jam that occurs when Kowser gets here? And my answer would be maybe. Like maybe it's a possibility of them trying to create as much flexibility as they possibly can for playing as many of these guys as they possibly can night in and night out. 
Gunnar Henderson's also had a nice little uptick yes. uh, recently. Yes. I, I mean, he's an uptick, and he's still only hitting 195. So let's, you know, like not get too carried away. But he's had a nice uptick. And remember, he's still the number three on base percentage guy on the team. Like he is the third best on base percentage on the entire team, Gunnar Henderson. But I think it's possible that that's part of the thought process that we know that we have more coming. And when these guys get here, we've got to make sure that we can do everything in our power to have all of them in the lineup. And so without with there not being an outfielder that you obviously don't want in the lineup right now, with Hayes, Santander, and Mullins all producing and all healthy, I could absolutely see a world where they say, well, hey, on some nights, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to have Santander play first base in order to keep everybody in the lineup. I could see that being the case. It's easy to say, hey, wait for an injury and then make the move, but if an injury doesn't come and Kowser just has nothing left to prove at AAA and he continues to kill it, then you got to figure out a way to get everybody in the lineup. And Santander playing first base could be that answer. Now, someone else might say, you know, is there a better option? Is it a better option maybe to have Hayes DH sometimes? I, I don't know. I don't know. I get it. You're, what you're losing is Santander's arm in right field. And that's a shame because he's got a hell of an arm when you do that. But I get it. you got to do creative things in order to get everybody in the lineup. All right. Into hour number two of the program. I have been diving into, I'm about three chapters in so far, of Welcome to the Circus of Baseball. It is available. And if you're with us on uh, Facebook or YouTube, you can see it right there. And we'll link it up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. I didn't actually know what I was getting into. I knew it was related to the minor leagues somehow. I did not know how personal of a story it was for our next guest, of course, who you love from everywhere you see him and hear him with ESPN. He is Ryan McGee, and he is with us again here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Really enjoying the book. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, no problem. By the way, I was just listening. You sound exactly like my little brother, who is a hardcore Orioles fan. Really? How, well, and, okay, why is oh, your, no, no. He, why is your brother so we, such a we live here, fan? We live here in Charlotte, and uh, and we went and saw the Norfolk Tides a couple weeks ago. And everything you just said, my brother literally said that to me sitting in the in the ballpark in Charlotte last week. But no, so my dad, because my dad is a is a baby boomer, he's a Yankees fan, just like uh, you know uh, everyone his age is a uh, Yankees fan. And then I became a Red Sox fan for no reason other than my first t-ball team in shelby north carolina when i was five years old was the red they sox. pulled they literally pulled a random hat out of a box and it was red sox oh. i could have very easily been a mariners fan oh. it's just the, and then my brother ran counter to both of us and became i mean he is super named his son brooks oh. he's super hardcore oh. Fan, so yeah oh man yeah. you know and there, of course as i'm sure you know ryan there's like half of the city uh, is named Brooks up here, like people yeah. of a certain age. Well, in Charlotte, in Charlotte, there's none of the Charlotte. There's one, but in Baltimore, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's like every, you know. You know I, I went to Tennessee, and every baby born in Tennessee since 1998 has been named Peyton. Peyton. Right? Yeah, of course. And uh, but but yeah, but you can't find a Peyton uh, in North Carolina. But yeah, so no. It's, uh, but yeah, but just so you know, I, I I feel you. Everything you were just saying because I just heard all of that from my brother well, about two weeks ago. We're really excited up right now, Ryan, because it's been a while since baseball mattered like this here in Baltimore. It's an exciting time. Uh, two things, by the way, uh, real quick. Happy birthday! It's uh, Brooks Robinson's 86th birthday today. So happy birthday to the great Brooks yeah. Robinson. Who yeah, that's awesome. Ryan, um, I, I have to admit, one of, one of my regrets in my broadcasting career is that I didn't ever 
have a minor league baseball job. Um, I've done fill-in work, and I've been around, you know, doing what we do in radio. We partnered up. We got a lot of, you know, as you bring up, we got a lot of minor league teams in the area. So I have worked hand-in-hand with them. But I never got to have the stories and the joy and the love of doing it, which you are describing from your time with the Asheville Tourists. When you started, I remember reading your book, I remember, in fact, having the conversation with you about the book with you and your dad, and you saying that you had a friend of yours like, I don't want to read a book about uh, uh, any any referee. That doesn't sound interesting to me. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. When you were sitting down to do this, did you worry at all? Like, I'm not sure how many people really want to read about my time that I spent interning with the Asheville Tourists, or did you think, as I'm feeling, that there is enough of a connection that people have with their own experience around minor league baseball, did you feel like that was what was going to resonate? That, that's it. I mean, and, and, and what, I, what I'm always saying, what I've said since the book came out, is that, you know, yes, it is. The, the, the background of the book is a very specific window in time, the summer of 94 with the, with the major league strike blooming and O.J. Simpson and Michael Jordan playing in Birmingham, all those things. And it's about me at a particular ballpark in a particular place, but it's really – what I hope anyway is that it's a love letter to minor league baseball in general, because the reality is I worked in minor league baseball for one season. Um, I have friends who are lifers and who have worked, you know, I was emailing back and forth with my, some of my friends down at the Delmarva Shorebirds just uh, two days ago. Mm -hmm. And there's people who worked in that front office for 25 years, 30 Mm -hmm. years, and they could all write a book. You know, it's like that when I did the book with my father, who was a college football referee for 40 years, Everyone who's ever had that job could write a book. We just were the ones that were lucky enough to have a platform to do it. And so I, I hope, and my, you know, the dedication of, of, of Welcome to the Circus of Baseball is to the people who work in minor league baseball, because my hope is that this is a love letter to what makes minor league baseball unique from any other sport on planet Earth. And that includes the big leagues. That includes college baseball that I cover. includes I- any form of sport. And so I hope that through some funny stories and some crazy characters – that were in my life that, that everyone understands that you walk into any, you walk into any minor league park in the country and there's a lot right around you. Um, there's a whole cast of characters that are unique to them. There's and no so question. hopefully I, I'm, I'm paying tribute to them. Oh, it, they, reading about captain dynamite. All I can think to myself is like, I've yeah. seen, I've seen this, not him, but I've seen this. I have been at so yeah. many games where I know exactly who this performer is without actually knowing who this performer is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, and, and there's a whole troop. I mean, I was at, uh, I, I, again, I live in Charlotte. I was at the Charlotte Knights game the other night, and Stanley from the office. Yep. This uh-huh. is like what he, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it, it's what he does now, right? You know, I, I hung out a few years ago. Um, my daughter is a teenager, and she's obsessed with Say by the Bell, and I've always been obsessed with Kelly Kapowski. Well, why wouldn't you? You know, yes. uh, Say by the Bell. Well, Mr. Belding came to a minor league game uh, here in the Charlotte area, the Kannapolis Cannonballers, yep. a couple of years ago. And I hung out with Mr. Belding like all night. And, and so, and that's what he does now. He just, he travels the country signing autographs and getting paid a pretty good bit of money. Um, and then, you know, getting drunk at karaoke bars. I mean, it's, it's a good gig, right? Is, so, so yeah, it's, um, if you can be Captain Dynamite or Mr. Belding, I would highly recommend doing it. There has nothing been that's been better for me over the years. And I, people can call it low rent when I've done the segments. I don't care. 
whenever one of the teams reach out to me and says, hey, we want to have Chris Kirkpatrick on from NSYNC to promote that he's yeah, going to be a yeah, – Hell yes, I do. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Yes. You want me to talk to Shooter McGavin? You're damn right I'm going to talk to Shooter McGavin on my yeah. show. Thousand percent to help you promote that night at the ballpark because it's wonderful. Like who doesn't want to have those yeah. conversations and spend that time? Well, hey, you mentioned you mentioned Brooks Robinson. Now, literally, I'm standing in my basement office at my house, and I have an autograph. The only bit of Orioles memorabilia I have, I have a, a autographed Brooks Robinson. It's actually a youth league jersey, but it's an Orioles jersey, and he signed it. It was at a Charlotte Knights game. There you go. Probably 15 years ago, and and the line was moving so slow. And the reason is because Brooks was talking, was talking. to everyone. Yep. Like, yep. where'd you grow up? And who's your favorite team? And and, and it's just, where else would do you get a chance to? I, I so I, I spent I spent twenty minutes talking to Dale Murphy at a minor that's league cool. game that's in cool. Pennsylvania three years ago. That's that's like talking to Jesus if you grew up <laughs> in the southeast, right? And so it it just it was um it's just you're exactly right. And the chance to um it's just it's close up baseball. And the reality is in the minor leagues. You know, the standings don't matter. You know, nobody really cares if the team if the team is good, it's a bonus. But the reality is, you're it, it, we call it the national pastime. Yep. And at the minor league level, that's what it is, right? You so because some big league games, as you know, feel you feel like you're at a, at a conference, right? You feel like you're at a business meeting. But when you go to a minor league baseball game, it's just about sitting there and chilling and eating food for cheap and letting your kids, you know, meet the mascot. It's just it's everything that we loved about sports before, you know, sports became, you know, business and headlines and all that stuff. Ryan McGee is with us here on GCR. Welcome to the Circus of Baseball is the book. It's available right now. We have linked it up on our Twitter account. Boy, that story about Brooks Robinson that you tell is so unbelievably true about just who he is as a human being. And uh, you can't do a short of it. Brooks Robinson was just having dinner one night somewhere, and I happened to be doing an event elsewhere. He was not even being... He just decided, I, I said, did you want to come over and say hello? And he said yes, and he just came over and greeted everyone and spent three hours at my event that he had nothing to do with at all Yeah, just because he's Brooks Robinson and that's what he does. He's, he's an unbelievable human. Yeah. I could listen to you tell those stories forever. Um, uh, Ryan, I, I, what you talk about obviously resonates. And I, I ask you this question. I'm going to tell you a dumb story. When uh, In 1995, I was 12 years old. And Baltimore did not have an NFL team. We had a Canadian Football League team. And they were great. And it was as much fun as I could ever possibly have. And I remember actually being trepidatious when I found out that the Browns were moving to Baltimore. Because I, I loved going to these games with my dad. And I had such a fun time going to it. I wonder, like, growing up, in, if you had found out there was a Major League Baseball team moving to Charlotte, would you have been excited or would you have thought that it was going to take away from the experiences that you had and your love of minor league baseball? You know, it's funny because we're kind of in that conversation now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, my, my, my father and my brother and I, we, we've owned season tickets for the Charlotte Knights. I mean, since the 90s, my parents had it. And, and now we've got, we've got this awesome – to me it's still new. It's, it's probably 10 years old now, but this downtown ballpark – um, yeah, and it's, it's awesome. And, I, and, you know, I'm going to Indianapolis for the 500 next week. And they have a great AAA ballpark yep, in the yep. middle of the city. There's no question that Indianapolis and Charlotte should be in the conversation if Major League Baseball chooses to expand, which it sounds like they're going to, you know, in, in short time. But I'm kind of, I kind of don't want it in Charlotte I hear because you. I, I like the gig that we have and I like the level where we are. And 
you know, and also if you throw a major league team in the middle of Charlotte, now we're going to, because of the rules, we lose some minor league teams in the area. And I just, I just, I dig, I grew up in the Carolinas and in the Carolinas, we did not have, you know, we didn't have an NFL team until what the late nineties. We yeah. didn't have our mid nineties. We didn't have the, you know, the Hornets, uh, the only thing we had, and they didn't show up to the late eighties. And so I grew up going to, at one point when I was a kid, we had, I think, 16 minor league teams just in the Carolinas. And my family would get in the car and we would just go. And we'd go to Burlington and we'd go to Kinston and we'd go to Asheville and we'd go to Columbia and we'd go to Charleston and collect ballparks. And I just, yeah, I mean, it, that's a really long way of saying, listen, I'm not going to complain if they were to get Major League Baseball in Charlotte where I've lived my entire adult life. But the reality is, uh, I mean, just last night I drove downtown and saw a AAA ball club play ball and cool. had a really good time. I'm not sure if I want to deal with 35,000 people. I understand what you're saying. By the way, I of course, I understand. But it changed my life that the NFL team came to Baltimore. It was a very good thing for 100%. me. 100%. No, it would be great for business. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I say it all the time about, you know, like like I, I co-host a show on the SEC Network. Yep. Yep. And when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC that's really good for Marty McGee. Yeah, but I don't know if it's great for college football. And so, <laughs> I, I, oh it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's it's a, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting mix. But yes, I, I would I, I just assume keep the Charlotte Knights and keep them AAA and uh, and we'll we'll have them here for a while and send them on up to the big league. The life that yeah, it's, I completely understand it. Uh, Ryan, with that in mind, if I could, I, somebody I know, you know, the way you cover college football. We've been a little bit excited the last couple of years. We've seen uh, Mike Loxley show up at Maryland and turn the program around, and Talia Tungavailoa, you know, while not perfect, has been the best thing that Maryland has had in a very long time, and it's been an exciting time. And I really, like, people will try to ask me, hey, is something building there? And I, my answer is always like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid this might be about as good as it can get. I'm afraid that that's just maybe how college football works that there are the teams that are the real teams, and then there's everybody else. And that everybody else gets to compete to be the team that can matter, you know, every now and then, but you just don't you don't get to break into the world of in the Big Ten, it's the you know, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn States. Uh, obviously SEC football is a completely different animal. Do you think that I'm probably right about that? That this is as good as it is and as much fun and as much as it seems like they're going in the right direction, there's probably a cap to really what Maryland football is capable of being. Yeah, I mean, and that's the history of Maryland football. Um, you know, on paper, and you're talking to a guy that grew up on Tobacco Road in the old school ACC, and, yeah. and you know, my dad was an ACC official. He officiated so many games at College Park and, and Memorial Stadium. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Maryland on paper, to me, has always been among the top ten programs that should have always been a much bigger deal than they actually are, you know. The, the, the resources and the passion, you know, crab cakes and football, right? It's what Maryland does. And, that, that, and that's, but that's, Nicely done. you know, I love, I've always loved going to games there, right? I've always loved the atmosphere. I love the history. I go back to the 80s with Bobby Ross and those guys. And I just, um, but yeah, my advice would be, um, I, I'll say this. We learned this. It was when we did all the CFB 150 stuff in, two, in 1999, all the, the 150th anniversary of college football, so, or, or, or excuse me, 2019. What we learned was, and what I learned was, was that the, the great programs were the great programs in 1930. They were the great programs in 1970. Yep. And they're the great programs now. And that's Ohio State and it's Michigan and it's, you know, Alabama and whoever else. And so, yeah, I would say enjoy it. And Mike Loxley is one of my favorite people in college football. Uh, here in Charlotte, as you know, when Maryland was in town, 
oh, for the Duke's Mayo yep. Bowl back in December, I was so excited because my I took my daughter to the mall to do some last minute Christmas shopping, and Maryland was in the food court. Oh, that's cool. And I saw Mike Locks. It's the first time I've seen Locks in, in forever, and so I love that guy, and and I love the the I love the 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 Tungvaluwa family, and so yeah, I'd say enjoy it, get what you can, and um and if you sneak in there. And, and compete for a division championship and, and maybe a Big Ten championship occasionally, then, um, you know, that, that's pretty good company. I would agree. I, I think that's about as lofty as the goals can be. And even that, I think, is, my God, is that difficult. In that division, when you're up against Ohio State yeah. and Penn State and Michigan, it's a lot to ask. Um, uh, Ryan, really, I can't wait to, to dive more into the book. I love the stories. Um, I, I feel your love for the experience coming through the pages, um, and that's what makes it such a great read. And I think about – I've done a lot of uh, baseball meetings. It was never me looking for the job, but I have talked to every single one of those kids over the year when I've been covering the baseball meetings. And I could th- that scene I have watched play out time and time again. Oh. Um, and so I, I, I really felt it as you were describing it. Uh, at ESPN well, – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. No, just say, just wait. The, the, my favorite chapter in the book is one of the last ones, and it's a fourteen mascot battle royal <laughs> that involves that, that involves the Hagerstown Sun. So right. you got you got a home state you got a home state hook there. I love that. Uh, Addy Spin McGee on Twitter again. Welcome to the Circus of Baseball. It's available right now. Ryan McGee, always appreciate taking the time for us. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Hey, great chat with you. Thanks for having me. Ryan McGee with us here on GCR from ESPN. Again, um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for those of you and about to talk to, of course, Zach Watson here in a second. And for those of you that get the minor league baseball, that enjoy minor league baseball in this area, I, I think you're going to associate with this significantly as um, you, you, know, you know these scenes and we've enjoyed them over the years. Hour number two of today's program is also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox. Speaking of the minor leagues, of course, this issue of PressBox celebrates that while you perhaps saw Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson get to Baltimore, and you might have said, okay, well, there it was. No, it's just the start. There's still an insane amount of talent throughout the Orioles system. And you can read about it in this print issue of PressBox, which is available right now. There's the illustration of Jackson Holiday there on the cover. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. And among the talent that you can find still in the Orioles system is our next guest. It's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. We are joined this week. By Zach Watson, who's with us now here on GCR. Zach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you as always, man. Thank you for taking a little bit of time for us. Glenn, thanks for having me. Man, it's by, by the way, I don't know how much you've connected with Ben McDonald since you got into the Orioles system, but I feel like every time we've talked to you, I think you sound more and more like Ben McDonald each time. Like, have you had a been able to have spend some time with Ben at all? I haven't. I need to. You definitely need to. That needs to be arranged at some point immediately. My God, do you sound exactly like him. Zach, it's good to chat with you, man. Um, I I know that maybe, you know, the totality of the season, not exactly where you want to be, but I have seen recently uh, some of the trends that have been up of late. Take me through how you're feeling as you've come along through the system and, and what you feel best about what you feel like you need to be working on as the season goes on. Um, yeah, um, just really the confidence. That's the biggest thing that, that you got to work on. That's the, 
the main thing is mentality, um, keeping your head on straight and, and knowing that going out there thinking that you're the best that you can be. Um, sometimes you're going to hit a slow start, but that's all right. You just got to bounce back from it. How much did you, you know, when you got to the, the double A level, I know it was a bit of a difficult season a year ago. What did you learn from everybody talks about like, Hey, double A is such a significant jump because you're facing legitimate major leaguers now. How much was that real for you? And what did you work on this off season in order to try to adjust to it as you were back at that level this season? Um, something I learned was, I mean, like, a, like I just said, the confidence, that's one of the biggest things, but also working on just making sure you can hit your pitch, knowing your pitch that, that you can drive in the gaps and not missing that. That's the biggest role. Um, you're only going to get one to two pitches in that bat to, to um, put in play. I mean, by the way, defensively, it seems like you're doing all right. Every time I look up, I see another ridiculous diving catch that you've been making recently. Uh, how good have you been feeling about your defense? Oh, it's, it feels good. Um, keep keep working at it and batting practice and uh, reading the balls off the bat. Um, I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do. I love going out there tracking balls down and, and catching balls on the wall. I mean, is it something that, like, if, if you – I don't know if I ever asked you this before. Like, when did you? When was? When did you outfield become real for you? Like, what did you play growing up, and when did you end up outfield, center field specifically? So I was shortstop all the way up until college. Okay. When I got to college, they stuck me in the outfield, and I was like, I I have no clue what I'm doing out here. <laughs> and um, we had the machine out. I'd have it out there every day, probably 50, 60 reps of balls in the gap, just trying to read see how far they're going to go in this batting practice every day, reading the ball. Um, my freshman year, I believe I took more balls in the outfield than I hit in the field or in the cage. Wow. I was just out there rep after rep after rep trying to figure out how to uh, how to get out there and, and catch every ball that I could. And also had Mikey Matuk. He had came down for a practice or two, and I got to talk to him for a little bit and – for him to help me. It seems like it didn't take you all that long to feel comfortable out there, though. Um, it didn't take too long, but t- for me, it took it took a while. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, this is the question: When they approach you about it, do you tell them that you don't feel like you're like ah, I'm a bit nervous about that, or do you have to do the fake it till you make it? Do you have to respond like, oh yeah, I can do that, no problem, super easy, you got it, man, I'm on the way. Oh yeah, as soon as um as soon as they told me that. I was going to be playing center field uh, at LSU. I was like, all right, I got this. Like, No nerves, no nothing. Just go out there and you know how to do it. You figure it out. And there were some nerves there for sure, but I worked them out, and I feel like it's turned out pretty great. Yeah, it has turned out pretty great. There's no doubt about that. Zach Watson is with us here on GCR as we make our trip to Bowie uh, for the week. Zach, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting, when you arrived in the system, I think we could start to see what was coming. But now it, it's overwhelming, right? Like, it's insane from the major league level down how much is here. Both on the excitement factor, how much does that do for you guys on a night-in-night-out basis? And then on the flip side, does it create an additional level of competition? Because, like, with this with this much talent now in the system, I think everybody knows it's not a guarantee that there's going to be a spot for everybody in the major leagues. Right. Um, I mean, you look throughout the minor league system of the Orioles, and it's every. I mean, throughout every every org, it's um, it's stacked. 
Um, but yeah, you have that confidence. You have all those other players to help you out. But you see the somebody else is hitting, you're like, well, I can hit too. So, I mean, it has its ups and downs it, for sure. Um, but yeah, throughout the org, it's, it's unreal the amount of talent. Um, but you have to go up there with men's uh, mindset to go up there and achieve to the best ability that you can. Um, and you never know what might happen. You might not be with the Orioles making it up, but right. you might show out for somebody else. Yep, I certainly understand that. Zach Watson with us. The Bay Sox are home this weekend. Uh, events include kids running the bases and a glow-in-the-dark light-up giveaway tomorrow night. On Saturday, fireworks and another Kids Run the Bases event. And then all fans can run the bases, plus an autograph and photo session with Zach Watson. Well, and the rest of the team, too. Everybody from the Bay Sox will be participating in that on Sunday. Get to BaySox.com in order to find out more and get your tickets. All right, uh, the important stuff. I know you're a streamer. Um, tell me about what you've been playing recently. And are, do you do you ever play with any of the other guys in the system or, like, are, are you so much more of a dedicated gamer that you can't waste your time with those guys? <laughs> uh, I usually only stream in the off-season. But um, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Um, I'll play with Gunnar Henderson some. Uh, Drew Rahm will play every okay. now and then. Okay. Do you guys play – to- do you play together? Like, do you, do you do, like, missions together? And who's the guy that is the weak link when you do? Um, no, I'd say, I'd say both of them are pretty good. Okay. Drew Rom, Drew Rom is the, he's the funny one playing with. He's, he's always going to make you laugh in the whole time. That's cool. That's cool. Is there anybody that like asks you to play and you have to be like, dude, you don't understand. Like you're, this is not for a newcomer. What, what we're doing here. <laughs> no, I don't turn anybody down. All right. <laughs> I would, that's always an awkward thing to uh, to deal with, though, when somebody's like, hey, I want to play, and you're like, yeah, we take this a little bit more seriously than maybe. It's why I stopped playing golf some time ago, uh, Zach, is because people would invite me out, and I'd be like, here's the thing, I stink. So you sure you still want me to come out with you? Um, I saw you got married. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Best wedding gift you got was what? Um, it was actually a, um, it's a pet vacuum. It, it's because we have a black lab. Okay. And she likes yeah. to shed yep. everywhere. Yep. And it shows up on everything. Yeah. So that vacuum was very handy. Okay. That's not a bad one. That's a pretty, that's it. Was there anything that you got that was maybe a bit more selfish among your wedding presents? Like, was there anything that she was like, why was that on the registry? Because you were able to go back and sneak it in when she wasn't looking. Um, I'd say that one was a little handsaw for cutting down trees. Okay. Okay. Is that right? Wait, okay. Wait a second though. How frequently are you using the handsaw for cutting down trees? This actually fascinates me because don't get me wrong. I get excited. Look, it's never a good thing when they have uh, storms in this area and like trees come down, but admittedly I live in a more rural area in Northern Baltimore County. And there is the part of me afterwards that gets excited about the fact that I get to uh, have my father-in-law come over with the chainsaw and I get to cut up a tree. Like, I I don't mind that part of it. But are you like, take me through why it is that 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 was something that you would be using frequently. Uh, So this this is just like a little, and it's like, I think like 12 inches long, and it's all it is is for when I go duck hunting. Okay. um, Trying to brush up the blind and everything. 
I see this is a world that I don't know as much about. So I had no idea that was a thing that actually existed. So this is just crea- it creates like a like a, a clearer like uh, shot or you know you can see better in those circumstances. Um so like you cut down brush and like whatever you're hunting out of so you have like a blind that you're hiding in. Okay. And you're able to get that those trees and kind of brush it brush yourself in so you can't be seen. It actually makes a lot of sense now that you say it that way. It's just not a world that I know nearly as much about. Um, I'm assuming that means that, because it's funny, I've actually talked about this with Ben before too. Is duck hunting what you do primarily? Like, have you always been a duck hunter? Um, Growing up, I was always a deer hunter. Okay. And then once once I went down to Baton Rouge is whenever I started duck hunting. And so, It's a little bit bigger down there. Are you living there in the off season still? At, in, at home, I am in um, Ruston. Okay, very good, very good. And so that's still something that you're involved with, and that's a really, really cool thing. What else is going on in your world, dude? Like, is, is, is married life everything you expected it to be, or is it basically no different than when you guys were together and just happened to have a piece of paper now that says you're married? Um, that's what I, I just We just have a piece of paper now. Yeah. Nothing's changed. We still like the same. Um, but, I mean... I feel like we're a little happier now. How were the politics of who gets the invite and who doesn't get the invite? Did you have a teammate that was particularly upset about not getting an invite to the wedding? Um, I don't believe so because just because we were so far away from everybody. Let's see, that works um, out well. That we works. invited we invited a lot of them, but they were like, "Look, we it's going to be a little a little hard to get there." <laughs> so, so hang on, that's the perfect scenario because they probably still sent gifts anyway, right? Exactly. Dude, that is, you can't ask for anything better than that. When you invite a bunch of out of town, I got married 10 years ago, invited tons of out of towners. A few of them made it, and I was happy about that. But the ones that didn't, it was a very polite, oh, that is such a shame. Thank you for sending me this smoker. I really appreciate it. That is a very thoughtful gift. Just a real bummer that you weren't able to make it out. Um, Zach Watson, it's great to catch up, man, as always. Um, Appreciate it. Uh, People can give you a follow, of course. It's at the Zach Watson on Instagram, correct? Yes, sir. And remind me what it is on Twitter. Watson2068Z. That's right. uh, What's the story on that, by the way? Um... I really don't know. I had made a, I had a made, I had made an account whenever I was, I think, like a little kid, okay. and I forgot the password of it. So this so was, I had to make a new one. This was what was available at that point because there are a few too right. many Zach Watsons in the world. Watson two hundred six eight Z is how you can follow him. Zach, uh, best of luck as this season continues on, man. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Zach Watson with us in the Bowie Bay sucks again. Who are home this weekend? Uh, with the birds out of town, great weekend for you to get down and check out the Bowie Bay Sox. Again, BaySox.com is the website for you to find out more and get your tickets. And, of course, as I mentioned, PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You could win tickets to see the Bay Sox and all of the area's minor league teams. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You can win four tickets to all of the area minor league teams. Plus, plus... An Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms. Pressboxonline.com slash contest must be 18 or older in order to enter. All right, when we come back in, we will dive into fighting words. Griffin, it says that he's done some more work to prepare. I don't know if it's exactly what I asked for or not, but I think it's I'll judge above it. and beyond. I'll judge it after I hear it. We'll see how it goes. We'll do that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson, and Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, so fighting words started because Prince Charles, our former intern, uh, is, you know, when we do an internship here, the interns are responsible for a segment every week. And Prince Charles said, well, I've got a segment that I want to do, and I'm a big fight fan. And so then Griffin got jealous because Griffin is a fight fan and was like, well, I want to I wanna, I wanna do the fight segment. That is, that is pretty much how I sounded, sometimes yeah. sort of step on Charles during his segment. Well, I, d- I don't know what you think, but here's what I think. <laughs> that would occur. So when Charles left, he was like, ah, it's my moment. And I said, all right, if you're usurping the segment, you got to do some real work. That's the way it goes. I am, I'm okay because I like talking about combat sports. I sometimes enjoy them. Sometimes. All the time. Eh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah. This is not. This is a lean week. Um, I was this like, week, well. Yeah, it's lean. big news. It's lean. It was big news earlier in the week. Oh, what, oh, what am I forgetting about? With, uh, what would be my first one I've covered? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so I said, fine, you can have it, but you got to put a little effort into it. If it's going to be a permanent part of the show moving forward, there needs to be some actual effort put into it. So Griffin alleges that an effort was made. Did you do an open for the segment? I, I did. You have an open for well, the I segment. Just, well, essentially, yeah. yeah that's do fine. you have like a round one, round two, round three sounder like I mm-hmm. asked for? Yeah. Okay. Do you know how you can make all of this work? Because you also said you would have a music bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know? So how I just you... kind of I, I kind of grouped it all together in one long thing. I, I understand. So but I have an exact uh, like basically each segment's gonna have to be uh, all right, all right. Like a little we'll less see. than four we'll minutes. We'll see how this. Yeah. Oh, oh, because Sounders is gonna fire. Yeah. Okay, that's not gonna work. What? 
No. We have to figure out. It's another, like PTI. You know, we're gonna have to make another method for this because also sometimes it's not gonna be. We're not gonna have five minutes worth of stuff to say about it. I think we will. No. That's, that was the plan. No, we're not gonna have this much time for the segment every week. It doesn't work that. Well, it was way. like ten minutes. I understand, but this is a lean day where we don't have quite as much significant stuff going right. on. No offense to the guests we have, we're great. But we don't have quite as much significant stuff happening, and that won't be the case. Particularly when we get the football season, zippy chance of that. None. Imagine if the Orioles are in a playoff race and football season's Ooh. about to start. Yeah, not going to be great. the case. So, so we'll we'll need to we'll need to let me hear it. <laughs> okay. We're gonna have to mess. We're gonna have to come up with a better strategy. But uh, go ahead, let me hear it. Okay. Let's Welcome talk. into Fighting Words. Let's I am your host, second, Griffin Bass. We need to talk about it. Okay. I the, I don't it's just mind that, and I don't think they're going to fight us about their proprietary, whatever you want to call that term. I don't think that that's going to be a fight that we're going to get into. But it needs to have a voicer. It needs to have, whether it's Jeremy, words. whoever well, it is. going to be me jumping in. N- no, no, no. It, okay. needs, it needs to have... Surrounding that, this is this is Radio 101. 101. You're about you're working at the radio station. Yeah, now, so you're gonna learn these things. It could really use need access a, to that guy. What's that? I need access to that guy. That guy that, I think that guy works out of New York or something okay. like that. But there's a million people over there that you can befriend and you can ask them if they'd be willing to help you. <laughs> Normally, we just farm everything out to Jeremy because that's what we do all the time, and he's just willing to say yes for. I don't know why. I have no idea why Jeremy just says yes to everything we ask him to do. Probably Cutting because into my first segment here. Shut up. <laughs> probably because I put out is the is the reason why. But we need it needs an open of some sort. It doesn't need to be prolonged open. It could just be fighting words on Glenn Clark Radio. Something like that. Okay. Just needs okay. Okay. that type of stinger. What do you have? First on the docket, Francis Ngannou, he did sign a deal with the PFL, oh, the right, Professional right. Fighters League, right. uh, and he is going to get 50% of pay-per-view revenue. And uh, Francis said, all in all, this is the best deal. It was the deal that offered me the most. So he's super right. excited about it. Well, that's nonsense, too. But, like, mm. let's be fair. Offered you the most. Who are you going to fight? Well, so that was that was the thing I mean, is that so he the deal basically says that his first PFL opponent, they're going to get $2 million guaranteed. So it almost creates like the a sort of where they're trying to lure someone else away yes, in order to come yes, fight. Yeah, so with it's that. like, and that's all well and good, and I'm not doubting that they'll be able to get somebody. But let's not pretend this is something that it isn't either. Like I, I, I have no problem with the fact that Francis Ngannou is trying to fight Dana White because Dana White's a creep <laughs> and Dana White offers nothing to society, right? So fight Dana White I, by all means. But pretending like this is an answer or that suddenly. You're going to have a ton of people that want to tune into PFL, you know, pay-per-views. Stop. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. Let's, let's, let, we, we got to stop that, too. And I like Francis Naganu, and he's by far and away the biggest thing that's ever happened to the PFL. But pretending like Francis Naganu was even the biggest UFC pay-per-view draw is silly. That's not true. That's not, he was a big deal. And maybe the first one, because it's the, you can create something, and here's the guy giving the middle finger to Dana White in the UFC. Maybe you can get a little bit out of it, but stop. 
stop. He's he's not expected to fight in the PFL until about sometime in 2024, just because the the deal that was what so why this deal is, is all in all the most. So you get John Jones through the Steve Miocic fight, and then maybe after he says he's retiring from the UFC, that, you can somehow lure him over. Yeah, that, I don't know enough or, about what these guys' contracts right are with the UFC and like to know how, if that's even a possibility. Like Dana's not going to let them go. And not just to not just yeah, he's not going to say hey by all by all means you can have yeah, out yeah. of your contract to go fight uh, Francis Ngannou in the for PFL. two million dollars. Stop. Which is the thing. Which is like that's why they think they can get you know whether it's some relatively decent heavyweight that you know his contract just ends up up and he gets cut by the UFC come over to the PFL you fight Francis maybe get your ass kicked but you make two million dollars that's not doing it so. pretending like this is good for the sport it's he joins the super the super fight division that PFL has okay. along with Kayla Harrison and uh, J- uh, Jake Paul Right, so nobody is what you're, I like Kale Harrison fine, yes. but let's not pretend like that's something that it isn't. And Jake Paul is nothing. So oh, there it is. Yeah, that's th- the end of the this round. This isn't gonna work. What do you mean? I, for I'll explain it to you. We got to okay. we, we have to figure out a way to do is store. You can create an online soundboard. Okay. And so you can have the music bed playing, but then when we're ready to go to the next thing, you have an online soundboard that you can go to to hit the sounder. Okay. And then that way we don't have to th- that. It's got it. Look, man, you're learning. You're gonna. You're, we'll get there eventually. But you got to have two different elements going on at the same time. You both have to have the music bed, which I like, and I'm not opposed to. And in fact, I would argue I could use slightly more of it. Okay. Um, I mean, I slightly. I don't want to go. I don't want to go crazy with it. Um, but then you have to have another place where you can play another element that will be that. Okay. That bell. I would actually like it if it said round two. I would really like okay. like a like an old Mortal Kombat sounder. It would be wonderful if I could get that. Um, it's. I don't want to say it's nothing because it's not nothing. I understand that it's not nothing. It's it's not going to be what some people want it to be. Well, the, the thing that Francis likes about it is that it's, since it gives him that freedom to participate in a boxing match whenever, you know, kind of whenever he wants to, which is, I think, the, that why the PFL deal doesn't really kind of take effect until 2024. I, it leaves it open, something open for the end of the year. I, I Whether have, that's Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, right? But which the, is going to take a lot to, you know, for something like that it, to come it, together. It, it would be very dumb for boxing for that to be a thing that happens. Like, I I like Francis again. I, I'm not trying to be disparaging towards Francis, who I think is a, a really good fighter, but he's also not and I like he's not an eternal fighter either. He's just a really good fighter right now. I would probably favor him over John if they did fight, but I don't know even if I would favor him over John if they fought. And John's not even a heavyweight, right? Like he's just a guy that's masquerading as a heavyweight. Yeah. Like Francis is because he's the guy that's fighting Dana, we want to embrace him more. And I I like that part of it. Like there's a part of it's like, dude, do it. But then there's the flip side of part of me that's like Right, but you're not going to get me to order a pay- PFL pay-per-view. You're not, and there's not anything there. Like, there, there's just too many problems with it for me to actually be excited about it. Okay. Well, I'm excited for Francis because he got something he's happy with, and I think he's the greatest mixed martial artist on the planet right now. I, so. I, I'll may, say, may, I'll may, say it. May, what does that mean? I'll say, I'll say it. I'll be the one. I've got some of you don't have the balls to say it. I'll say it. I take artist Griffin over here. Um, maybe, maybe he is. I don't know that. I am. Um, Would you like to go to the next round? I guess I just said there's no way for anybody to win here. That's the bummer of it. Like I want him to fight yeah. Dana. I like the idea of him fighting Dana because Dana is a creep. But 
You, one man that's, alone. I mean, that's this, like this goes back to the Lamar Jackson thing. I want to root for the players. I want them to get, but one man alone can't do it. Well, that's, I guess, what happens. You know, if once once he lures one person from the UFC, you know, not a top five, maybe not even a top ten heavyweight, but once he lures a, if it's a not, high level heavyweight, then no one's actually going to care about this fight. Like that's the issue with all of these things. It's like every time that we thought one of these other companies was doing something that could, whether it was Strike Force, whoever it was that was doing these things, you would have like maybe a fight that somebody would say, I'll watch that fight. Then you watch the rest of the card and be like, right, there's just not enough there. There's not, unless you care desperately about the sport, you're not going to be able to eat. Sorry. All right. I'm, I know. I'm, not trying, to, I'm not trying Next to poo-poo up. this, but it's, it's just. I think it's worth it's something, I think, and I think it's worth being, you know, excited at least to see because it's gonna, you know, at least it's one domino that had to fall. And I uh, guess, I guess we can move forward with whether Francis has a boxing match next, or MMA fight yeah. next. I, it should be an MMA fight. Next up was uh, Vasily Lomachenko. He's taking on Devin yeah, Haney. Yeah, that is a big fight this weekend. This weekend, oh great, we're well, that's all we have for that you. segment. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Moving on. Um, so they will fight uh, on Saturday for Haney's undisputed lightweight belt. Uh, so it should be should be a good fight. I mean, the, it, it's really kind of what's going to happen after the fight. I guess is more more of. I mean, it's going to be a good fight because Lomachenko was a two time Olympic gold medalist. Well, the he, question he because was a former the, the question really becomes: champ. Is there a future fight between Gervonta and whoever wins this fight? Exactly. That's the that's the big thing. This is the this is a ESPN event. Yes, it is. So one Top of the questions is: Can you figure out a way to make all these parties? Like and I always come back to no, you won't. Mm -hmm. Like that's always my assumption, is that these parties will not figure it out, and that ESPN and Top Rank and Showtime will not come together to figure out a way to make everybody you know happy and to, to do a mega fight that people would actually want. But there's always the possibility of it. Yes, yes, and it, so it makes it interesting. The, the other problem is Shocker Stevenson because he is under the Top Rank and ESPN ESPN right. thing, so it makes. More sense, more sense for the winner he's under that same umbrella. Him. Yes, right. yes. Uh, so, you know, since Tank is not. But, I mean, you know, like, they came together with, because uh, he's PBC. Um, and, yeah, yeah, Gervonta's PBC. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and Ryan Garcia was, like, Showtime. So they were able to figure something out. Well, PBC is, is with Showtime. They are? Yeah. They are now? Okay. Yes. Well, but Top Rank and PBC don't like each other is the, right. is, the, is the problem with that. So they'd have to figure something out. I mean... People are kind of trying to refer this as the, another golden era of boxing, and if if eh. if they want to truly embrace that, they need well, to. They're, they're going to have to figure they this don't, out. They don't embrace that. They okay. never embrace that. That's never happened. No, that's the clapping for the end of the round. Oh, that's what that like, is. Yeah, yeah. The ten seconds left yes. thing. <laughs> okay, I don't See, this is why. That one is. Uh, we can do without that one. Okay. Right. <laughs> See, well, this is why I thought you would. Mike Goldberg telling us it's over. Uh, by the way, I, I, I thought I, you would enjoy it just because it was a nice tight ten I, minutes. I, I appreciate the theory. We just if you've never paid attention to the show, we're not a tight nice. We're not tight at anything. True. I spent the first twenty minutes of today's show weaving the Orioles Blink One Eighty Two, the Gaslight Anthem, going to the like I. We're never nothing here is tight on the radio. Important. Yeah. Here, just not the way we do things. It's not the show that we do. Um. I don't even know. I have no idea. I don't have a feel for this fight. I think it's Devin Haney's Haney fight to win. Haney should win. Yeah. I mean, he is favorited. I think, and I think it, it is. Like, I mean, he's 
he's been defending the belt now for three years, I yep. think. I think it's his fight so. to win. We'll see how it plays out. That's Saturday night um, on uh, it's ESPN a pay-per-view. ESPN Plus right. pay-per-view. Correct. Yes. Uh, sort of the way like a UFC card is. It's yeah. on ESPN Plus, but you have to pay more in order to watch it. around midnight yep. about Saturday night. And then the final thing, that's why I had the third segment mm-hmm. a little shorter. Final thing was just uh, kind of going to recap UFC. Charlotte Jayelton on made a beat Jarzinho Rosenstrike. But since it's heavyweight, I mean, it, it kind of matters with because uh, he's he's essentially thrown Jailton Almeida has essentially thrown his name kind of in the ring with who could fight John Jones after Stipe if John, if Jones, John Jones wants to again, fight. Right. Yeah, Correct. Uh, because I mean, heavyweights it's kind of all of a sudden kind of thing because you have Pavlovich and Almeida essentially are the guys coming off of wins, right? Cyril Gaunt's coming off a loss to John Jones. Curtis so, Blades so then lost you f- to you have those two guys fight, Pavlovich. and then that guy's the guy that gets the yeah. Miocic Jones winner. That's kind of what it seems like. Is Miocic committed to anything besides just this fight? Are either of these guys committed? To yeah, this fight is not official yet. Well, no, I mean, but or, like, I mean, this fight's gonna happen because right. it's a money fight. But are they MSG it, November aren't, aren't, most likely? Aren't they both sort of saying like we're just doing this fight? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Who knows what's I mean if if John I guess gets what like a quick flash knockout in the first round maybe or your Stipe really right they'd be like oh yeah I'm coming back I hear you I hear you uh, right. and then also this weekend a uh, Maryland native Angela Hill is headlining against uh, Mackenzie Dern in the fight night this week oh that's the fight night this week yes I thought yes. there was somebody something else that they were listening as the, the headline for the fight uh this, they, this one's been f- fluctuating oh, okay. um right. I think this one was announced where's, maybe two where's weeks Angela ago. Hill from she is from PG County she went to Suitland High School okay. Very good. In, in District Heights. Very good. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think she's going to win. Um. Well, that's sad. <laughs> it is sad. <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah. But she. I mean, she's. She like does. Uh. She does like the. You know the 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 round table for for other fights fight nights. So like okay. she's she's very big in the UFC and she's a well respected member of both the fight game and the and the media. Well, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, uh, let's let's fix a couple things there, okay. but I, we're headed in the right direction. Like Robert Randolph once said, we're going in the right direction. Sounds like a spot on Robert Randolph. Oh, basically. Me, well, he's actually a close friend of mine, oh, okay. so... I say close friend. We're Get not him to like friend. sing an intro, maybe. For I don't know if he'd be willing to do that. <laughs> uh, my buddy uh, Rami, who filled in for you, who worked over at the radio station. Rami's a huge Knicks fan, and he does the uh, open for like Knicks broadcasts on MSG because he's a massive Knicks fan. And I swear to God, Rami one time was like, "Well, you think you could talk to like for like my podcast?" I'm like, "No, I don't think I could get." <laughs> I love Robert. We are friends, but I just don't think that I could make that happen for you, pal. I love you, but I don't think that would be even something that I'd be actually willing to ask. Imagine being Robert Randolph, one of the most talented musicians on the planet, and you get a call from your dumb radio buddy in Baltimore. Hey, uh, I have a friend who does a podcast. Would you and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm all over it. $15,000. I don't think that's going to occur. Yeah. All right. Um, Very good. That was Fighting Words. Fighting Words was brought to you today by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. Stand the Fan, uh, Luke Jackson, Ross Grimsley. Every Monday night, 6 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And tonight's stand will be catching up with John Martin from the Maryland Lottery. If you miss it live, you'll be able to find it, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. When we come back in, we will get a tidbit, we will get tubular, and we will wind down for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. 
Every college coach wants their players in this game. And if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? I still wouldn't have anybody to go with, Griffin. It would just be me sitting there. It's like not about loser. that. No, it is about that. I've seen Tyler Wells. I do like Tyler Wells on but his I can historic watch, run. I can watch Tyler Wells in 2023. Why do you want me out of here? Are you planning on inviting no, like no. Some, like inviting some friends over? Are you throwing a party? I just, uh, just, like, just want to see you have some when fun. You, when you're, but then you sound like a 17 year old kid trying to get their parents <laughs> out of the house. Like you're you guys, right. I don't, I don't know why. I don't you guys know why deserve like a. That. You guys deserve a nice night out on the town. Because you are right. <laughs> exactly the way. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm coming across like that. Like, do you not want to have uh, Diamond Miller on the show tomorrow? Is that what it is? Like, no. I can try to figure out what's going on here. <laughs> There's something weird happening here where Griffin's like hellbent on me getting out of the studio in order to go to the baseball game. I think I will just be watching the game here and All right. recording our interview with uh, Diamond Miller to air tomorrow. And that's the way the day is going to go, man. Nobody hit me up. I have no friends. It's over. Nobody it's over. nobody wants to go spend the day with me at the ball game. It's a shame. It's a bummer. I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's fine. Also, you know, life will go on. Uh, final segment of the show brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Best offers, incentives for sports betting are available there including up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now in order to claim your incentive. Um, two things. One, I did see as we were doing our base sack segment earlier, I for tonight's game, they are, uh, for that, you know, because that's PG County, 
they are offering folks in that community that anyone named Josh or Harris can get a free ticket to tonight's game in celebration of the Dan Snyder era ending in uh, D.C. Um, they get a free ticket? Anyone named Josh or, or Harris. Harris gets a free general admission ticket to tonight's game. Uh, and then if you show up in Commander's Gear, you'll get uh, discounted tickets, and you could be chosen to throw the first pitch tonight. Oh, so they're trying be. to do a, a, a ownership change celebration <laughs> is what they're calling it. Um, and I get it. It doesn't resonate with Orioles fans, right, because Orioles fans don't care about the Commanders at all. But, you know, if you happen to be an Orioles fan named jo- – if you're if Josh Sroka still lived here, he would have the choice. Just go to the ballpark to for Because the Orioles play in the afternoon. You could show up tonight in oh, Bowie, yeah. uh, and he would enjoy a free ticket to the game tonight if he still lived here. If you've got a friend named Josh or somebody named Harris and – do you got nothing to do tonight? Just tell them. Even if they don't care about the Commanders at all, they still get a free ticket to tonight's game uh, at the at PG County Stadium. So I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of that and the chance to go see the Bay Sox this evening. I I like that. That's that's the type of stuff that finds its way into welcome to the circus of baseball because that is smart. Josh Harris night. <laughs> good marketing. That is I I I like that. Again, it's it's awkward because your baseball connection is in Baltimore, but the the minor league team is a bit closer to D.C., so like it's an awkward thing where people in Baltimore who would be inclined to go see Orioles prospects would be like, right, well, we don't care about this even a little bit, but I get it. Like There are, there are still battleground people that grew up as Orioles fans and are also Commanders fans because they were Orioles fans first, so they chose not to embrace the Nationals. And so there is still a market of people that care about both things. And those people... It's probably their night tonight. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to cover here that I, we didn't get to. Uh, looks like Michael Givens should be back this weekend. I mean, if all things go yeah, right. Yeah, that wasn't what I was thinking about, but that yeah. is that is interesting. Um, he's, he was in he, he's in Baltimore. He, he was yesterday and today. Um, and Michael Elias was on the broadcast, so he said, "Yeah, we could probably see Givens in days." So, and then Dan Connolly just said that he threw a bullpen today, and that uh, he if so he if would it went well, the team in Toronto. Yeah, if it weekend. went well, he'll fly up with the team. Okay, so I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, someone's got to go. Well, yeah, but didn't they have somebody up this week that Irvin? I guess yes, was the... Irvin. So that that is interesting. Would they want Irvin to go back down or, or... the Grayson I L stint? Yeah. But I mean, I guess it would be. Yeah, I guess I L is the only way around Hyde saying he's making his next start. Right, and they announced him for this weekend. Like they put oh, they him did? on the schedule okay. that he was pitching this weekend. But yes, if they put him on the IL, that would be different, right? Like they could go back on that. But I would be surprised they wouldn't have already done that if that was the plan. Unless there's legitimate injury, if yeah. that was the plan, I think they would have already made that announcement. Um, eh, I don't know. Um, or it could finally be the 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 come to Jesus moment that we talked about for one of these guys. The the funny thing being. Perez has pitched a little bit better. Certainly pitched better the other night. Voth is definitely pitched better. There is no obvious choice mm-hmm. here among these arms as to who would be the one to go. I don't know. I, guess, don't I mean, know. Cause just because Bauman's got an option. It, oh, I've, just, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Like it could just, He'll be, just but get that's the short end. But that stinks because he's been great, right? But like it's it's just it's possible that's the way this ends up playing out because they don't want to let Perez or Voth go. And again, Perez and Voth have both pitched just well enough that you know they don't want to give up on them. That's the way that tends to work. 
All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I'm sorry, just as I said that, I remember what it was. The David Ajabo thing from yesterday uh. with, with number 55. I get why he would ask. And it, there is an interesting conversation to be had with the Ravens if they're not going to formally retire numbers. And I've said this a, a lot. Every team is going to have to start considering that. It, unless we think the world, like the asteroid is really coming and professional sports are going away in the next hundred years, teams are going to have to think about how they handle this. Some teams formally retire numbers. Like the Orioles re- formally retire their Hall of Famers numbers except for Mike Messina because, you know, he didn't tell them that they were prettier. Source subject. They formally retire those numbers. The likelihood that on a 26-man team that you're going to run out of numbers is slim, particularly considering it's been a long time since the Orioles had that caliber of player. In football, it becomes practically impossible to retire numbers. Imagine if the Chicago Bears retired numbers and their franchise's history. And the number of numbers they would retire over the years. And think about some of the other long-term franchises that have been around for a long time. Imagine if the Baltimore Colts had stayed in Baltimore and had even yeah, combined United Ravens is. and Colts history or Colts and Colts history. Like, think about the number, the how many numbers you would have ultimately retired. And then think about the fact that you have, including the practice squad, what is the number, 63, 63 men? But then consider that in training camp you have 90. 90. There's no chance you couldn't do it. So football teams can't really retire numbers. So how long are you taking a number out of the rotation? rotation? And then you're, are you basing it on the player, right? Like presumably the Ravens would want to keep 52 out of rotation, maybe even longer than... 55 and 20 and 75 right maybe four well i guess not four probably not four i know you're still very angry about that i understand i guess i'm not as angry as about you know hollywood brown getting joe flacco's number i get that that's that's where the real rage comes out for griffin yeah but even then again with 90 players showing up in camp there's only so many numbers that you can keep out of even if you're not retiring them keeping them out of rotation for some time the numbers they have to be used that's just the reality Mm -hmm. of it so I, I don't have a problem with the fact that the Ravens said, nah, we're not ready yet. We're not, you know, with Terrell Suggs, we're not just going to turn around and give you Terrell Suggs' number. I get it. I understand they want to show reverence to a Hall of Fame, a guy that we assume is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and I appreciate that to some extent, but it's a more awkward conversation than I think people want it to be very black and white. Like, no, you can't give out 55. Well, at some point, somebody's going to have to wear 55 again in Baltimore. So what's the time frame? They don't tie themselves what's to the it. What's the statute of limitations? Right. They don't yeah. announce, well, we take it out of rotation for X number of years. And, we, and they can't be like, well, Ray Lewis, uh, 30 years. Right. Terrell yeah, Suggs, so like 10. 10. Yeah. Like, like, they don't want to do that to be disparaging towards Terrell Suggs. They want to make it more circumstantial. Joe or, Flacco, zero, I guess. Or is yeah. the answer that like it's until that person passes away, or if that person is still alive, then they have to approve <laughs> somebody else wearing that number. I don't know what the rules are going to be for all of that. I am not. I would not have been bothered personally by David Ajabo wearing number 55. Would the Ravens say you have to earn that? Like you have to show what type of player you are, and if you're a great player, then we'll give you number 55. 
they don't want to put anything out there because then they have to pin themselves to the rules. They would like for the rules to be as flexible as possible. Because if Terrell Suggs becomes cl- close personal friends with David Ajabo and David Ajabo kills it this year, then maybe Terrell Suggs says, yeah, it's cool. He wants to wear that number by all means. And the Ravens really shouldn't care because if he would change his number, if he were to have a great year as 90 this year, right. and he changes his number to 55 and everyone's like, I got to get my Ojabo jersey. Like they, like they have. sell more jerseys that way? Yeah. I don't know. I, is is my is my initial like why the team shouldn't necessarily care I guess as long as you know the player yeah. gives his blessing I don't know. I have a weird it's it's a weird thing for me where I I don't know what the rule should be I really don't and I, I am I'm almost sympathetic that there isn't an easy way to come up with these answers because I think we all know that without saying it out loud that Terrell Suggs shouldn't get the Ray Lewis treatment. But it's also understandable why the Ravens would say, right, but we want to honor him. And I don't even think... There's, Terrell Suggs, they haven't even had a chance to put him in the Ring of Honor yet, right? Because no. he yeah, didn't... I mean, there's like, quite formal, a long he, Well, he also didn't, like, announce his, his retirement. retirement. Yeah. Like, he sort of left it open that he would keep playing. And so it is a bit uncomfortable. I mean, he's obviously done playing now. Like, he's not, there's not going to be any more Terrell Suggs. But did they never they never even had like a retirement press conference, right? Over at the not that I can remember. I don't think they did. Make sure that I, didn't, I didn't miss this. Like now I'm Yeah. I mean it is this yeah, is the, almost becoming Mandela effect, right? We now. can make we can probably write down, you know, one rule and it's like, you know, maybe a second year wide receiver right. shouldn't get to wear your Super Bowl winning quarterback's number. So. I mean that would be I, I think that's did. a good place to start. I guess they did do a retirement press conference. They did? Uh, oh no, 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 no. no. Did, that wasn't that was something else. Uh, yeah, they never really did a retirement press conference. So, I'll, I'll know what you do here. I mean, I, I am, I really am lost on how you handle this. I mean, if I guess if 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 Suggs said no, I mean that I guess that makes but it. How long does he get to have, have that, that power? Right, yeah. like how long does he get to be the one that makes these decisions? He hasn't played since 2019, and that was with the Cardinals, right? I, I get. Uh, no, remember he uh, he hopped on the Chiefs uh, oh, roster right, late right. that year yes. and got another Super Bowl yes. ring out of it. Um, Good for him. But how long does he get to be the one that that single handed? Is it for as long as he's alive? Is the Ravens' essential rule like if you're a Hall of Fame player, you get to decide if someone can wear your number until you pass away? This is this is this is morbid, yeah. but like, what if somebody passes away young? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the right thing to do is here. I, I, I would say that Terrell Suggs is on the lower side of this, where, like, he is a Hall of Fame caliber player, and I can understand you wanted to have him more. To, maybe you just announce it ahead of time. Ten years, ten years, we're not going to have anybody wear number fifty-five. But if David Ajabo is a monster and really wants to wear number fifty-five, like. I know that this is bad radio because I'm not telling you what they should do, and I should like that's what I'm su- I'm supposed I guess, I guess, to like, offer a hot take. What's the worst? What's the worst thing that can happen? So Ajabo gets so mad about the 55 thing is that you know he has a great next three no, seasons, right? Okay, so he, because he's pissed off at the Ravens, he goes yeah, uh, and he goes, you know, he I don't know refuses to resign. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, like he had to, he certainly seemed like he understood. Like, yeah, exactly. The whole situation. Like he it seemed like he had a. It, it's probably not that deep. I guess is the. I think that it, it always. It, I think it has to be team discretion. It can't, with the caveat of the player can fight. 
I think if Ray Lewis decides there's a linebacker out of Miami that he loves and he wants them, they want to wear 52 and he wants them to wear 52, I, I have no problem with him being able to go to the team and say, I want to wear number 52. I don't think the team should ask a player. I think it's an awkward situation to put right. somebody in because that kind of makes Terrell Suggs look like a prick. You know, if like, it, imagine if David Ajabo had a rock star season last year and, you know, the story came out like Terrell Suggs didn't want him to wear number 55. Then if we're all in love with David Ajabo, then we're kind of mad at Terrell Suggs, right? Like, what? it's kind of a jerk move, dude. Like, this guy's a rock star. Like, he's unbelievable. Why not let him wear your number? You're not here anymore. You, you won't even tell us you're retired and you've been out of the league for four years. I, it's a weird spot to be in. I think it almost has to become team discretion. Like, somebody that's been with the franchise for a long time is given this role. It would have been a perfect role for Kevin Byrne, but he's not with the team anymore, right? Like, so I don't know exactly who it is because I don't think it can be somebody like a, you know, Eric Costa. Or he, well, maybe it's a good role for Ozzie Newsome, right? Like, to be the number. Uh, yeah, like you, because he's the, the one that's been around for forever. Yeah. Like, he has the best context for who deserves, like, maybe it's Ozzie Newsome's role to decide if somebody should be allowed to wear a certain number at some point. I, that'd be interesting. Um, but having somebody within the franchise that kind of governs that, I think it has to be team discretion because I don't think you can make it a simple, you know, you're a Hall of Fame caliber player, then your number is retired until, or your number is out of rotation until you die, right? Like, I, I think that's too... It, yeah, it's I not mean, likely that you're ever going to have more than 10 living Hall of Famers, so it's not like you're going to run out of numbers. It's not likely, but I don't know. Maybe, I mean... If we're trying to make rules, you can say maybe something like five years. I don't know, is it post retirement or post their last time playing with the Ravens? But you understand that, like, Ray and Lewis, then it's kind of like, and then it's maybe like another five, ten year period where you have to get permission from said player. Yeah, and then it becomes. I don't like permission from said player. You don't. Like I don't that? like that. I don't. I mean, I guess just because like the cre- stories are always. I I think it's neat, and I almost would say create that as your story afterwards but don't make it the policy wasn't it was, was it Dwayne Haskins who was like I talked to Joe Theismann right and like that but then again Joe Theismann was not a Hall of Fame caliber player um no offense to Joe Theismann who was a very good player and, and obviously an important person within that franchise but what I would I, I think does it can create good stories but on the I don't ever want it to be the opposite side of things where we end up being mad at a legendary player because they won't let a really good player wear their number. Like, I don't ever want to create an awkward scenario. Terrell Suggs has been basically persona non grata, and I'm, that's not that's the wrong way of saying it, but he's been he's disappeared from Baltimore. Terrell Suggs has almost no connection with Baltimore. We're not mad at him for career. saying Ojabo can't wear it. I'm not mad at him at all. Right now, right? so like... But imagine again if Ojabo, three years down the road, is killing it and signs a long-term deal in Baltimore, and we are... Ajabo is the new Terrell Suggs. I think, I think, and the story comes out, and we're like, and the dude's like, hey, but I really would like to wear number fifty-five, yeah, and mean, almost an ode to, to Terrell Suggs. And Terrell Suggs has still been <laughs> not here, not present in any way. I have not seen, I have seen no connection between Terrell Suggs and the Baltimore Ravens since his playing career ended. Like none, zero. There's been no stories of Terrell Suggs talking to players or being involved with the franchise, even in the minimal ways that we've seen with Ray Lewis. I haven't really seen much of it with Ed Reed, but Ray Lewis and Jonathan Ogden have over the years. Like, if that continues and Terrell Suggs is just not present at all in Baltimore and David Ajabo becomes a rock star and David Ajabo, after signing his big, you know, massive money deal, is like, hey, by the way, I, 
I really would like to wear number 55, and Terrell Suggs said no. I think then you create an awkward controversy for Terrell Suggs that's unfair to him. It That's why, to me, it's not... I think it's the exact opposite. You go to somebody with the franchise, that person makes the decision, and then that person calls Terrell Suggs and says, dude, here's the deal. He's going to wear number 55 no matter what. We'd like for you to be involved. We'd like for you... I think it'd be a neat moment for you and would garner you favor if you do a video talking about how well, that's much, a lot of work. Is it? Is it? I mean, I don't think if it's he that already much work. well to, for not for everything that Terrell Suggs has not done since leaving the Ravens. That to does seem to like, say, dude, pick up a cell phone and say, "Man, I'm really excited that David Ajabo is going to be wearing number 55. Seems, I love him. He's a heck of a seems, player." It just seems more like it's just more realistic to say, just put out a quote and says, yeah. "Yeah, Suggs said this." Sure, you can do yeah. that, but why not have him pick up a cell phone? You're acting like it's so. Seems difficult. like asking a lot when he's is already it? when he already he already distanced himself he, from the from the team and doesn't want the doesn't player to wear the He doesn't have to show up, and we don't know that he doesn't. It's a man. This yeah. is it's too much. Moral of the story. I being. think the real yeah the, the moral of the story is that he it's uh, it's like my my friend uh, during freshman football when ah, he got his number similar, he right. posted on Instagram he, he wore number thirteen and he said I guess I got to find a way to make this number great that's what David Ojabo has to do that's the that's fine I'm not make ninety make ninety a great number in Baltimore history sure that's the, do that's that, his job but again this still this is going to be an issue again at some point at some point someone's going to be drafted who wore number 20 for their entire life and is going to at least want to know if it's an option in Baltimore or that wore number 75 growing up and wants to know if it was an option for them to wear that number. And football teams can't retire, retire numbers. It's just not something they can do eternally unless you're planning on football not being around in 200 years or whatever it is. So we got to have a, a process and a plan for how this is going to work over the cut. Like, we uh, we only think about things right now. Football, we assume, is going to exist in 50 years, and we assume the Baltimore Ravens will exist in 50 years, and hopefully by that point, Lamar Jackson will have been a Hall of Fame caliber player. Justin Tucker is obviously a Hall of Fame caliber player. Now that list, Marshall Yonda hopefully got into the Hall of Fame. All of a sudden, what's a list of four right now, let's say Yonda, Tucker, Jackson, and I know Jackson's right now fringe having that conversation, but let's just have it for the sake of it. That's seven. Now, imagine if Mark Andrews continues on that path and becomes number eight. When Joe Flacco like, wins his next Super Bowl. Great point. Now, all of a sudden, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player. All Like, we're doing this, and it's only in a short period of time. Now, put it out over 50 years where, you know, somebody that's not even alive yet is already in the Hall of Fame at that point. Like, they can't just not take these numbers out of, of, of rotation for forever. It can't work that way. So there's got to be a process, some sort of plan for how you handle that moving forward. I don't, I'm not bothered at all by the fact that David Ajabo can't wear number 55. I get it, right? Like, you want to do the right thing to honor Terrell Suggs. But at some point, somebody's going to have to wear number 55 again in Baltimore. And it's not the end of the world. We've got to understand that. It doesn't mean that the Ravens don't love that person or love that player or that they didn't treat him right. But at some yeah. point, somebody's I mean, going to have to wear the number I again. Think, I think a statute of limitations will be fine when you know when it when it feels like it, it it's just gonna have to be something arbitrary when it feels you know like it's been enough well, that's time what I'm saying. Like, since assign it to somebody within the ravens say you're somebody that has been around for a long time that you respect that isn't directly involved necessarily and an emeritus type of role that that's one of your jobs is you also are going to be the arbiter of when somebody can wear a certain number again and who that would be that would wear yeah. that certain number again 50, 52 might never i don't know 
That one seems. I'm I not mean, sure. Of when all the numbers it, that you would say right now, it's the most likely to never be worn again. Yes, 52 would certainly seem like the most likely number that we in our life lifetimes yeah. won't see another person wear. But that's got to be a very small, you know, thing. And the Ravens don't want to disrespect other people, so they're not going to say. But mm-hmm. 52 is actually retired permanently because they don't want to disrespect Ed Reed and say, you know, but yours, somebody else will wear again. So they just say nobody's number is actually retired. And then there's somebody within this the organization who makes that call. When some 21-year-old kid comes in, yeah, I'll take 52. Right. Well, no, you won't. Right. No, <laughs> not, not uh, the funny thing about that is no. <laughs> How do you feel about 25? How do you feel about it's just two, same two numbers, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, very good. Um, you know. Did- I, it, I, again, I also make it clear. I'm not mad at Terrell Suggs for telling David Ajabo no. I just don't think that should be. I think it's well within his right. I think it's well within his right, but I, I don't think that I don't think it's fair to Terrell Suggs to make that the standard. I don't think the standard should be you call mm-hmm. that person because I do think at some point. Again, right now, you know, we get we're good with that. But in 15 years from now, when that the person sitting in that seat, because I still haven't done anything more with my life, and you've moved on to the better things. Um, the the kid that's sitting in that seat dealing with me is like, I don't know anything about Terrell Suggs. Uh, it doesn't matter to me at all, but I am hot and bothered about John Johnson, who they just drafted out of West Texas A&M. I'm sure whoever sits here will be upset about the Hollywood Brown Joe Flacco. I'm still mad about that, obviously. That should no, be a but, like, requirement. Th- this is the w- For me, if somebody said to me, you know, you can't give out Jim Parker's number, said to you, you can't give out Jim Parker's number, you'd be like, the hell do I care about Jim Parker? And that would be disrespectful. It's, you should know about Jim Parker. You should have an understanding. But I get it. Like, we, it, it feels differently because you care about Terrell Suggs. It, 20 years from now, the person sitting there is not going to care about Terrell Suggs. So is it okay then? Does Terrell Suggs still get to govern it? Does, does everybody have to sheepishly call Terrell Suggs? Can I have your number? Or at some point, do the Ravens say, okay, dude, you know, we, let, we took it out of rotation for a decade. You don't. You don't get to be the one that makes the decisions forever. That seems likely. With you know players around Terrell Suggs's you know legacy caliber of player, that seems more likely and I, appropriate. I think a I, ten year ish period. I think that at some point, or again, whatever. whatever. Let's move on. We, don't, we spent too much time on this. It's nothing. David Job is not wearing fifty five. Is the story? Probably never will. Tidbit was what. Uh, tidbit is uh, so LeBron James. Tell me it has something to do with Rich Hill and Miguel Cabrera. Uh, unfortunately, it God. doesn't. I didn't see anything. Did, was there something that I missed? Well, I, mean, the, I, did, I mean, I, I know could, it was like a yeah, it, they, they, two old players. They faced each other in 2005. Oh, really? And faced each other again in 2023. And that I would love to know cool. how many times there's been a story of a, a pitcher and a hitter that squared off, you know, 18 years apart. I don't know. I just don't know. I was Rich Hill beats Miguel something. Cabrera in a race to the base. Yeah, there was that. A lot of people were freaking out about that because it was two 40-year-olds uh, 25.3 feet per second sprint speed for Miggy. No, damn. 21.7 Look at feet that. per second for sprint speed for, uh, for, for but Rich he Hill. To, but he, he still he got there first. Yeah, because he, he was closer. Le- closer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lesser gap. To, uh, let's see if I can Also, I believe maybe the story was that the first hit that Rich Hill ever gave up was against Miguel Cabrera. Is it really? I think that I might have seen that at some point yesterday. That's pretty awesome. Um, we can pretend it's true. I don't want to pretend it's true. I want to know. I was hoping that you had done Rich Hill, Miguel Cabrera, because it was getting a lot of attention on the internet yesterday, and I was enjoying it a great deal. And uh, thank you for nothing. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Uh, LeBron James, though, he is, uh, after losing game one, he is... 12 and 9 in winning to win series after losing game one like he did uh, the other night to okay. the Nuggets. Let me see. Hold on. I'm trying to see if I can't find something. 
forty year old Miggy versus forty three year old. Just move on. All right, all right. I'm sorry. We're gonna we're end up not even. <laughs> I definitely couldn't go to the Orioles game. I couldn't end the show on time. Well, we would have. You know. Yes. Uh, Kevin Brown uh, also said uh, so. Anyway, twelve wins in that spot. Most of any player in NBA history. I guess the argument could be you know LeBron lost the most game ones probably as yeah. well. But you know. He wins. He's won the most too. Kevin Brown said uh, on the broadcast last night: Joey Ortiz and Kyle Bradish, first uh, pair of New Mexico State players to ever be in the first same uh, same huh, starting uh, lineup together. Well, Joey Ortiz. Man, yeah, Bradish wasn't in the starting lineup, but to start the same. Yes, game to start the same the game. Yes, yeah. that's what I meant. Um, uh, Joey Ortiz. A couple people against, on the uh, internet have alleged that Rich Hill gave up his fr- the first ever hit that he gave up was to Mike- Miguel Cabrera oh, in 2005. That is cool. Jimmy Butler had his second career road playoff game. it still doesn't game. help us with a, a relevant trivia question related yeah, to no, it. So it does, thank does. you for nothing for that. My apologies. Jimmy Butler, here, here's some more NBA. Well, this is Jimmy Butler had his second career road playoff game. 30 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 steals. He is the second player ever to do this twice in the playoffs. The only other person to do that, Michael Jordan. I, I hear, he, I hear he was good. Yes, yes. Good news for Jimmy Butler being in the same only other player. He's always well player. on his way to six titles. Uh, yeah, because, you know, only five, I guess only six more. Uh, correct. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Kenley Jansen, this happened last week. He picked up his 400th career save, uh, but then, of course, the next two nights he blew a couple saves uh, for the Red Sox, which Bomb. was just, yeah, just terrible. Yeah, it felt, felt awful for him. Um, 400 career saves he became... Excuse me, I'm sorry. I clicked out of it. He became the one, two, three, seventh player ever to ha- reach that 400 saves milestone mark. I want to okay. see if you can name the six others who have 400 plus saves in their baseball career. Hoffman. Hoffman is number two on the list. 601. Rivera. Mariano Rivera, number one. 652 saves. Lee Smith. Lee Smith is third. 478. Of course, Hall of Famer Lee Smith. He was the one that wasn't. He and Harold Baines went in in the same way, and everybody was very mad about Harold Baines, and nobody was mad about Lee Smith. They're Lee like, Smith, yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense. Lee Smith should probably be in the Hall of Fame. And the morning afterwards, because, of course, they had both played for the Orioles, we called Harold Baines, who was a very controversial selection, and he was like, yeah, I'll come on. And we <laughs> talked about it, and Lee Smith would not. He had no. I was like, you understand that people were okay with you, you getting in? into the Hall of Fame. Why are you... <laughs> Uh, did Billy Wagner get the 400? He did, and he did indeed 422 for Billy Wagner. Now it gets dicier because there are some legendary closers, but I don't like. Did Bruce Souter get the 400 saves? Bruce Souter did not. Yeah, because I don't know exactly when they started counting saves, and that's what makes this very mm-hmm. difficult. So, like, I'm assuming that. Well, Eckersley also began as a starter. Did Eckersley get the 400? He did not get the 400. Okay. Eckersley was just outside 390. Well, that's actually in, remarkable yeah. considering he wasn't a closer the entire 24 career. 24-year uh, career um, And I'm going to assume that Raleigh Fingers probably didn't get the 400 because, again, just when the save statistic... And they didn't like do a thing where they went back and retroactively... No, no, they didn't. Um... But yeah, Raleigh Fingers. And Goose not. Gossage, I assume the same thing. So these are all more modern. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of them is he started playing in the '80s and started with the Cincinnati Reds. and his career, well, didn't end his career, but played the majority of his career with the New York Mets, starting in the '90s. Oh, John Franco. John right. Franco, yes. I didn't need you to give all that to okay, me. Okay, sorry. Kept guessing. One more. Uh, he, this one is a more modern guy. Uh, K Rod. K Rod, yes, okay. Francisco Rodriguez, four hundred and. 37. Can okay. you name the guy who has 398? Active player. Active active player? Yes. 
And it's well, Jansen already got the four hundred. Jansen already got the four hundred. Uh, active a uh, Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, three hundred ninety-eight career saves for him. So he is uh, knocking on that door. Although he has not had a great start to the season with the Phillies. I got to be honest so, with you. I did not know for sure that Craig, Craig Kimbrell was still active as of a couple weeks ago. <laughs> these All closers right. hang around. So I guess. So what? So I mean, is of those else, guys, is anybody else going to get the four hundred? Uh, not. Uh, not anytime soon. Because it's starting to get more and more. Aurora like Chapman you, is 316. You just so. don't see closers for 10 years any longer. No. You see closers for five, six years at most, and that's sort of the way that it goes. I mean, the the other active, I mean, Mark Melanson has 262. I didn't know he was active still. I didn't know he was active still for sure. Edwin Diaz has 205, in his, and he's only been playing for seven years. So, but I mean. He's also hurt. And, yeah. You know, who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. David Robertson wants to So the answer is no. Felix Batista will be the next to get yes. the 400. Yes, Felix Batista and Yannir Cano. Yeah, right. Both. Yes. Both. When they, when when they, they take, split, they're when, they, have when, when they finally adopt my rule suggestion of yeah. everyone getting a save so that we can all stop Everyone who pitched in a win gets a save. No, everybody who <laughs> came in and finished off a game in a save situation. All right, forgot, forgot save. So, what is the, so the argument for Billy Wagner being in the Hall of Fame is, that he's like the greatest left-handed reliever. Yeah, it's part is, of the argument for so it. I mean, he's four twenty-two. I think Stan's a big Billy Wagner for the Hall of Fame. Carson guy. Weekly was. Oh, was a he? big Billy Wagner. <laughs> Maybe so I should have saved it. He's coming in tomorrow. Yeah, say? he'll be in tomorrow. Okay. All right, very good. Let's get a or let's get tubular. Tubular is brought to you by AJ Michaels, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is here. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Busy, busy day. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, Angels Orioles, Tyler Anderson, and Tyler Wells. I believe the winner of this one gets to keep the name, and the loser has to change the name. That so seems fair. A lot yeah. of pressure for Tyler Wells. Again, for some reason, the game is on Masson 2. Whatever. Um, do the Nationals even play today? I guess they do. They play. The Marlins at 1 o'clock. Okay. So that's the reason. PGA Championship coverage right now is on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I know they got off to a uh, delayed start today because of frost. Apparently, it's very cold in Oklahoma. Mm. So they had to start later today, but I don't even know. Uh, you can tell me who's leading. Uh, For the PGA? Yeah, you oh, are they me. in Rochester? Is it Rochester? Is that where they are? Yeah. What did I say? Yes. I thought they he were in Tulsa. I thought Drew said I'm, it was I'm Tulsa. I'm almost positive it's Rochester. Did, is there did something else going Tulsa? on in Tulsa? Could be. Is there another tournament? A rodeo, maybe? Uh, Rochester would make sense that it would be more. Because I was like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Uh, golf. Why was Drew talking about Tulsa yesterday? Was he talking? About he Tulsa? mentioned, but I don't. It might not have been the PGA Championship. Was it, is it next week? Oh, Tulsa or apparently last week? the Live Tournament was won. Somebody played in Tulsa. Okay. The last Live Tournament was in Tulsa. Okay. Whoever yes. won that won in Tulsa. That's why he brought. Because a friend of mine's going up, and I was like, where, Rock- I was like, oh, okay. where is it? And they're, they're, they're Rochester. Yeah, I was like, that oh, makes okay. way more sense yes. than if it was in Oklahoma. <laughs> way more <laughs> sense. All right, I, this is how much I care. There, <laughs> you've just learned it in that moment. Uh, shifts to ESPN at 1 o'clock. Um, uh, tonight, Loyola Northwestern NCAA Women's Lacrosse Tournament quarterfinals, right to go to the Final Four. That's at 7.30 on ESPNU. Maryland Baseball opens their final series of the regular season. They're at Penn State tonight at 6 on Big Ten Network+. Plus. ESPN for Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals, Lakers-Nuggets at 8.30. Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL gets underway tonight on TNT, Panthers-Hurricanes at 8. All the rest of the baseball, find at glenclarkradio.com, USA Network for Brighton and Hove, Albion, and Newcastle at 2.30. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Mm, not a whole lot. I mean, a couple finales for network television shows. You can find that on the on, at glenclarkradio.com. Really reg- by the way, I really regret that we didn't do a draw of some sort for the PGA Championship because it did uh, at least gives me some sort of reason. Some sort of reason to care to about give the a Masters. Rat's ass yeah, that was good it. for the yeah, right. The Masters. We really, like, we really okay. screwed that up. 
Don't let me forget that for the U.S. Open. Should we do it? Can we do it for? Can we do it for like the tennis tournaments? No, because there's like two people that have a chance to win. We could do it for the women, like the win, or we could create a different structure to it than what we did. We did it all for the winner. We could create a structure where like. If you reach the finals, you get a certain amount of points. We okay. could do that for the, but I'm gonna care about the tennis tournament no matter what. So that's the wrong thing. I need to do uh, it for the golf uh, tournaments because I don't give a rat's ass. So for the U.S. Open, remind me to do it, and even for the British Open, we can do it because it gives me any sort of reason to at least poke over and see. I will have no reason to even follow along. Uh, apparently, Keegan Bradley is leading the tournament. Oh, okay, good for him. Good sure. for him. What did Drew said Cantley should win or uh, could did, win? Yeah, he's, he said Cantley was his choice. Uh, it's Keegan Bradley and Kazuki Higa. Ah, you were you were raving I was, about I know. Kazuki. I was hoping we would draft him or I, yeah. I would draw him. That was who you were rooting for. I survived Bear, Bear Grylls series premiere. It's kind of like a lighthearted fear factor. This is on TBS at 9 at series premiere today. Uh, so okay. they have to do survivalistic challenges with Bear Grylls hosting. And Rain Wilson in the Geography of Bliss. That show uh, debuts and premieres on Peacock today okay with Rain Wilson. those are it those i saw it i saw a promo for it it didn't look like yeah it doesn't something look like he's was, like tapping whatever. into his uh kind of buddhist yeah. sort of it's, god bless him yeah he's a, 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 a talented intelligent fella good good for him all right that's it thanks today to zach watson thanks also to ryan mcgee as well as to sheldon russell we'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the oh my god it's so good tab at glenclarkradio.com Tomorrow on the program, Stan the Fan will be joining us in studio. Diamond Miller is scheduled to join us. Jim Callis. Jim Callis. We'll talk about the new uh, Top 100 prospect list for MLBPipeline.com, where Jackson Holiday was number three. I wonder if after the last two nights he's yeah, regretting maybe. the fact that he was only number three. Well, was, what's his maybe case? that's what's making him angry. But Jordan Walker was number one, so he'll be off the list in yeah, like a day, right? <laughs> like, isn't Shouldn't he's... he be about graduating by this point? Yeah, I think they might have actually re-optioned him at some point. Oh, I did they? Be, I could be did wrong. I, just mi- I don't pay attention to the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, I don't pay attention. They stink. Either. So, like, <laughs> who cares? Uh, let's see. Jordan Walker. Well, everything. When I search his name, everything that comes up is top, number one prospect. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Jackson Holiday is number three. We'll talk about that with Jim Callis. And, uh, he Peter, was optioned. Yeah. Peter that, Milliman, that the lacrosse coach at Johnson. Hopkins will join us before they play um, Notre Dame on Sunday in the NCAA tournament down in Annapolis and stuff and things on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, AJ Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Anything else that matters? Nah. Duke sucks.